Welcome to the Bayesian Conspiracy. I'm Inyash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Jay Sticky. And today we are going to co- touch on a number of small topics plus feedback that we have been neglecting for quite a while. But first, as always, we are doing our um, Less Wrong posts. Just like we always do. Just like first. we always do. <laughs> We've actually been doing this this way for a while. It's, I don't even know how long it's been. At least two years now, right? Probably. Yeah. Time has been weird. We'll get through them eventually. <laughs> At this rate, yeah. Give us, uh, you know, summer 2029, probably. I, I remember when I was a Jehovah's Witness, they had a thing where uh, every week they would read, I don't know exactly how much, it was like three, four chapters of the Bible and do a quick little Bible study on them. And, like, it just seems like the most long thing in the world, but you keep going for, like, a decade and a half, and eventually you get through the entire damn Bible, and then you start over. <laughs> so, it was the thing. Because after 15 years, you've kind of forgotten the earlier stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. At least the boring parts of it. You, you rarely forget the bears tearing up the children. I don't remember that. Oh, okay. There was a part where some kids were calling, making fun of one of God's prophets. And so he was like, fuck you, kids. And two bears came out and ripped them all up. Bears! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess when we get to the end of the sequences, we should start again from the beginning. God, <laughs> I don't or know. Or start the Bible. <laughs> or start Slaystar Codex. <laughs> oh, my God. That would take a long time, but it, I would love that. Mm-hmm. There's that curated list of Slaystar Codex posts. It's eh, somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, I've got a bookmark somewhere, but, okay. like, I don't know we if could it's... do that instead. Yeah. Because there's some that are really, I mean, they're interesting, but they're kind of special interest. Like, there's not much to talk about to a general audience about the neurotransmitters of depression. Unless Actually, it... that's, that was one of the more interesting ones. I, <laughs> that's exactly gonna what say. I was going to guess. Is like, oh, well, okay. Jay, I know Jay knows a lot about and is excited Actually. about that stuff, <laughs> and I know very little about, like, uh, yeah, some of the book reviews on, you know, esoteric topics or something, or, like, here's... The you know, are some of my favorite. M- you know, melatonin more than you ever wanted to know. Right. right. Yeah. How long would that take to take to cover other than you're all doing it wrong? <laughs> take one tenth of what the bottle says and do it five hours before bed is the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. be like, I'm gonna take sixty milligrams and go to bed. And it's like, no, that's you're you're that's apparently the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Despite what the bottle says. Sixty milligrams. That would be a lot. Or maybe six milligrams. I forget whatever the bottle the is. The correct one is like 300 micrograms. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I think one milligram tends to be about the amount that they have uh, available on. like at, at pharmacies. Or like one to like five. I was going to say, I've definitely seen I've five. I've seen higher. Yeah. I The ones I got were the smallest I could find when I went there, and they were three milligrams. So 3,000 micrograms. <laughs> I, I bite them in half. <laughs> that's too much. But that's still one and a half milligrams. Just crush it, put in a liter of water, and like take a shot of it every night or something, or every you know with dinner or something, right? Yeah, just microdose. (laughs) I mean, that is what you're doing when you're taking it correctly, microdosing, I guess. Or correct dosing. Correct dosing, yeah. But I mean, it's a small, it's a small amount. I don't know. Never mind. Let's talk about. (laughs) Let's talk about a sequence. No one can (laughs) exempt you from rationality's laws. Sounds very ominous. Uh, I'll kick us off. Yeah, sure, because I can just say, of course, I can exempt myself, or I, don't, I was trying to think of a funny way to kick this off. That wasn't very good. Well, you're <laughs> one of those uh, mutants that can exempt yourself some, from rationality, right? That's right. Like Doctor Strange. Yep. It's just like, I got a cube, so... No, it wasn't a cube. It was a jewel? Necklace. Necklace. Yeah, yeah jewel. Uh, yeah. And a cape. <laughs> and a cape. A very, very loyal piece of really outerwear. Cape. That... Oh, man. So things like that always kind of weird me out, because like... It's like a dog, right? You just like, want is it something, sentient? Yeah, you just want something that loves you forever and will always do what you say. But then you think about that, you're like, do I want a slave that's happy to be a slave? 
I this just, is weird. I picture it's just like a single-minded consciousness that's like protect the person that I've you know selected or something, right? Yeah, but is that creepy? It seems yeah. to have some kind of consciousness. Right. Like, I feel like it. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the movie because I haven't read the comics. It kind of sets off my <laughs> my creepiness alert. My you know, you're you're doing horrific things to sentient minds <laughs> alert. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm realizing that we haven't even gotten past the title and we're already like <laughs> Me too, but I was, I was relishing in it. <laughs> but uh, God, I have a pet peeve and then I'll shut up about it is when there's TV shows, especially for kids that have an animal that clearly has human level intelligence. It just doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even it's like does talk and it gets treated like a, I don't know, second class citizen. Like mm-hmm. Pokemon? Yeah, Pokemon yeah. is an obvious, yeah, but like, I feel like this is just everywhere where like, even... The Lion King, they were all basically human level smart, and yet they ate each other. Yeah. And the lions were like, no, they're cool with it, bro. It's the circle of, <laughs> of life. Of the lions would think that. <laughs> yeah. And the gazelles are just like, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to throw Johnny to the lions or they're gonna kill us all. <laughs> yeah, what a weird world, yeah. if you really think through the implications. It's, it's oh, that would be good. a cannibalistic uh, horror show. Rationalist Lion King. No, that would be a horror movie. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> uh, the first thing that is said, and no one can exempt you from, tra- from rationality's laws, is that traditional rationality is phrased in terms of social rules, with violations interpretable as cheating. If you want me to accept a belief from you, you are obligated to provide me with a certain amount of evidence. If you try to get out of it, we all know you're cheating on your obligation. Uh, the point, though... Well, actually, before we continue, does that sound more or less right? That's, I don't know. Um, yeah, the standard, like, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Less extraordinary crime claims require less extraordinary evidence. Yeah. Like, if I tell you I have a bag of Doritos in my car, you might just be inclined to believe because there's no consequence to it. But if you were like, I don't believe you, I could go show you the Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> but if I said I have Jesus Christ in my trunk, you, you'd be like, okay, I definitely want to take a look at this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm wondering what they mean by traditional rationality. Like So when I when it's not I hear formalized, that, I don't think, but when I hear that I think of um the days pre uh less wrong when yeah. the new atheism movement was still a big thing and we would argue with theists a lot on forums and we would, you know, bring up things like uh the standard uh A implies B, A therefore B. You know, those, or, you know, you cannot have these two contradictory claims at the same time. Yeah. Or things like Stephen said, where if you make a really extraordinary claim, you need some extraordinary evidence for that. And those were... That's an original Stephen quote, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those were things that, it. like, I don't know, they started back from the Greeks. I think they were refined a bit during the Enlightenment. Um, but they, they were the traditional rules of, like, if you follow these rules on true statements, you will produce true statements as a result yeah yeah just uh i don't know i thought it was interesting that it's like traditional rationality and it's capital t capital r and i'm kind of like was there even a i mean that this this was like the first attempt to kind of formalize rationality right except for i mean mean, there's philosophy but i think there wasn't a philosophy thing there was rationalism right there was which is distinct from rationality yeah but there's like when i think traditional rationality i think science Mm. like especially science 50 years ago where like all you had to do was say this is my falsifiable claim, but when you think about it, the, like it was phrased in terms of like binary switches, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the evidence that would disprove it, mm-hmm. right? This not this is the evidence that would strongly indicate that I'm wrong. And people still used frequentist statistics like a bunch of cucks. 
oh, you're going to make people mad. <laughs> I know some people that still are really strong frequentists, and there was a big fight at one of the solstices I was at. Really? Or I guess it was a debate. Like, it wasn't like people came to blows, but <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like one of those point zero point nine 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 is equal to one. Why don't you come say that to my face, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> So it was like a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Stephen Jay Gould when asked, like, what could disprove evolution? He just said he said fossilized rabbits in the Precambrian. Yeah, mm. but like that is that would definitely take a heavy blow, mm. right? But it, and it, that on its own, so like that 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 might be his scientific position or something, right? I'm that not sure might what it proved time travel, right? So like that, that time traveling rabbits yes. that, that I think would be more likely, or at the very least, I don't I don't think that would overthrow everything we know about inheritance and genetics, right? Mm-hmm. So like no, there's so much. Like, yeah. So what I would say is that that would definitely take a hit. That would that would put a huge hit in my confidence in like the classic Darwinian model, right? No, there's definitely something we don't know, right? More likely, like it's a fake sample, you know bad carbon dating something something right yeah, yeah. or um, we're in a simulation and there was a glitch because <laughs> right. that would just be fucking weird yeah that all those sound way more likely to me than everything that we currently understand about like just again the four easy premises of evolution being wrong but did you get to i guess going back to it did you get to the feel the feeling that before you discovered um bayesian rationality that it was kind of a enforced almost as social rules like you learned them in school or you learned them by reading about how valid thinking works and you were like, yeah, these are the rules and we got to accept them if we want to come to correct conclusions. See, I think of rationality now more as like social norms, less than social rules. Mm-hmm. So new non-traditional rationality, new rationality. Um, yeah, I guess I would say, I yeah, I guess I could see it like, uh, yeah, these are the rules, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, if, you, if you want to be a good scientist slash, they didn't use the word rationalist, but... Um, you know, make falsifiable, falsifiable predictions, etc. Um, but like I said, a lot of there was no uh, basically like Bayesianism or deter- or like decision theory in it, right? So as far as you know, I never got that far in science. So before I just discovered this stuff, yeah, I remember it being kind of prescriptivist. I think that's the word. It is the word. Or yeah. It's like a that's a damn good yeah way to put it. But it was more a prescriptivist thing than a descriptive. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay, now then... the first paragraph makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he says, viewing rationality as a social obligation gives rise to some strange ideas. For example, one finds religious people defending their beliefs by saying, well, you can't justify your belief, belief in science. In other words, how science dare is you... your religion. Yeah. How dare you criticize me for having unjustified beliefs, you hypocrite. You're doing it too. And if the rules of rationality are social customs, then it may seem to excuse behavior X if you point out that others are doing the same thing. It wouldn't be fair to ma- demand evidence from you if we can't provide it ourselves. I uh, I invite everybody to YouTube search uh, Mac, uh, or it's always something Philadelphia evolution trial, mm. where it. I don't want to summarize the whole sketch, but the, Mac is basically trying to make the case that evolution is fake because science makes you look like a bitch sometimes by <laughs> by, by by you've been wrong about you know they used to think the Earth was round and then boom he's an idiot and he's got like this whole board took him three hours to put together. Cool. It's a complete you have to if you don't have any vibe for the show whatsoever this will make no sense but if you have seen any of it then it fits this perfectly i swear to god my dad has used that argument before the whole like you can't really i mean scientists don't really know anything they change their minds all the time they used to think this and then they think that and you always see like oh what was i forget the other analogy he's the earth is round one but uh i've i've had it uh on more than one occasion with more sophisticated arguers coming eventually um retreating back to I guess uh, that science is your religion. 
you have some axioms that you just take on faith uh, and that you can't defend. And that's no different than taking, you know, that God is the original cause on faith. So we're both religionists here. haha. At that point, I, I usually like I haven't had one of those arguments in 10 years, but I, I don't. Like, clearly at that point, we're not trying to... We're, we're talking past each other, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, I take, like, parsimony and intellectual honesty and evidence as, like, my axioms. And if you don't, then we have just different goals. The thing is, you do take all of those things in the rest of your life. You, you carve out this one special exception and pretend like you're following the same rules, but you're not. Yeah. Like, when you go to the grocery store and, you know, it's on the left side of whatever the road, you turn left. You don't turn right thinking, maybe this time <laughs> I'll, be on the, I'll be on the side of the street. Yeah, right? if I pray really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I thought we were going to get a dog attack. <laughs> uh, should I continue? Yeah. All right. To Bayesians, the brain is an engine of accuracy. It processes and concentrates entangled evidence into a map that reflects the territory. The principles of rationality are laws in the same sense as the second law of thermodynamics. Obtaining a reliable belief requires a calculable amount of entangled evidence, just as reliably cooling the contents of a refrigerator requires a calculable minimum of free energy. If the rules of rationality are mathematical laws, then trying to justify evidence-free belief by pointing to someone else doing the same thing will be as about as effective as listing 30 reasons why you shouldn't fall off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Um, I thought I had something and it's not coming to me. All right. So if two parties in a contract both behave equally poorly, a human judge may decide to impose penalties on neither. But if two engineers design their engines equally poorly, neither engine will work. Even if I'm doing XYZ wrong, it doesn't help you or exempt you from the rules. It just means we're both screwed. Yeah, I guess the... I like the um, metaphor of engines. I think they get more into that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a... The, the, the primary thrust of this point is what... What Jay said, you know, a little bit ago that a lot of people think of the these rules as prescriptive, like you must follow these rules to get to correct thinking, whereas, or to get to correct, correct conclusions. You got to follow these rules or you're bad. Yeah. Well, not necessarily bad, <laughs> or but bad like. bad rational or may, bad scientist or whatever. Yeah, you may get bad uh, answers or bad conclusions, whereas um, Eliezer is saying, no, you don't have to follow anything. You're just, if you don't, you're not going to run the engine correctly. It's the, the brain is a thing that's trying to accurately model the outside world that is how it you know contributes to our surviving and if you you know use the laws in the same way that you use the laws of gravity you can do things with those uh and if you don't then okay you don't but that doesn't change what laws uh determine how more likely or less likely certain things are yeah or like it doesn't matter how well you can argue like why your engine should work if you didn't build it right, it won't. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like the the analogy. Like he's he's, you know, the well. You can, sure, you can argue about how bad your your contracts are to a judge, but like it, that's like that. That's not the same thing as saying. But here's the actual thing you're doing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't argue with the universe. Exactly. <laughs> the only way to argue with the universe is to, I guess, you're not arguing with the universe. You're you're understanding it and then manipulating it, right? Yeah. And there's there's one there there there's a correct way to do that, and there are lots of wrong ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it well or you can do it poorly. It reminds me of the secret or like Deepak Chopra or <laughs> the the various uh, what do you even call them like philosophies or, where like people literally seem to think that they can talk the universe into oh yeah obeying their whims yeah. and I like people, like people who are like oh don't jinx that and I'm like sure like the universe is listening to see like I hope I don't get a flat tire on the on the drive you know to wherever I'm going right like the, like the 
And I mean, <laughs> and I never, you know, it's never something like I actually get. I sort of actually think of it more. It's like, don't tempt Murphy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even then, too, it's like, yeah, because it's I still said a joke. that. So, for example, uh, you'll all be horrified to learn if you don't know this already that, like, uh, apparently, like hospital staff and nurses and uh, the associated whatever helpers in hospitals. It's a highly superstitious bunch. Oh, really? Um, and not not necessarily, I'm not generalizing to all of them, but if you go to a nurse's station, like at a hospital, and you're like, oh, it's a nice quiet night. They're like, shh, don't say that. Are you kidding? <laughs> if you say that, someone will hear you and everything will go wild. And it's like, can I make a, not a steel man, but a a partial defense of that of course. mindset? Like a plastic man. Please yeah. do. Maybe yeah. a well, because this, this comes man. up a lot when trying to do large group activities where you have a lot of people that you have very little control over. Uh, in, in my particular example, in case it comes up uh, when raiding 40-man dungeons because that's just what I'm doing now, so that's where my brain is. But, like, there's a psychology to it. Like, if everybody is on point and doing things well and focused then things go well and if people start to get demoralized things get worse even though like their skill hasn't degraded in the last five minutes you know it's entirely a psychological thing and like as long as people stay on focus uh things are good but like if someone brings up this thing they really want like a loot drop to happen or something if it doesn't then everyone was thinking about like oh man i really hope that happens and then the psychology is damaged when that thing doesn't happen <laughs> And then you're, everything kind of degrades a little bit, and that can lead to a snowball effect. So people, are, my officers will often say, don't jinx it. Don't talk about that loot, because if it drops, great, everyone's happy. But if it doesn't drop and you drew attention to it, things go downhill. So it's more of a psychological it's a morale uh, policing thing. Yeah, than, okay. than, than it is actual superstition. Yeah. If I knew that, and I didn't also know that, like, my wife works with so many nurses and stuff that the, a lot of them are, like, into, like, astrology and shit. Oh, God. Um, but, you know, everybody, that's... I'm not sure what the percentage is anymore, but I'm sure it's something like 30% of people are claiming to be astrology fans. Yeah, when I was working in research, I was amazed by how many scientists uh, also, you know, had completely irrational beliefs. Like Typical Taurus. Um, they were talking about the office being haunted at one point. And like everybody, I don't like I, I was like joking along and then I realized like with just mounting horror that exactly like the three people was I was talking to yeah like actually <laughs> like oh yeah I've definitely seen ghosts before let me tell you about this one I was like oh no yeah. I was like but you you guys weren't we just doing science <laughs> did you forget about how science if you guys believe in ghosts what the fuck are we doing here yeah <laughs> for real <laughs> why don't we just ask the ghosts oh good that was uh, always that was always my thing with ghosts and afterlife and and you know even heaven and stuff was like i really wish it was true mm -hmm. and so when i was going through my my i guess modestly painful deconversion like i was really motivated to believe that this was that this was the case yeah and i and partly in helps to the or later on i guess we find with the tools because i'd come to those conclusions before i discovered the rationality community but um you know, refining my, those those thoughts with these tools, I I now reflexively, and it, it almost to the point where I can see it's annoying. So like I I you know occasionally just keep my opinions to myself on stuff. But where if I find myself wanting to believe something, I immediately like I, I hit at it way harder than if I find it if I'm either like not registering it as I don't like if I don't care, mm -hmm. then I'm not gonna like really invest in it. But if I'm like oh man, I wish this is true. Okay, hold on. Now I actually need to like be a hundred percent sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. I, well, I guess Enosh, you wouldn't know because you've recently become lactose intolerant. I'm looking for ethically sourced milk. And I think I found some because yeah. it says like pasture raised on the side. 
but it has two ampersands and it says <laughs> according to you know whatever u.s agricultural guidelines i'm like okay so what does that mean mm-hmm. because i know that you know the dollar 99 gallons are horror factories yeah. and i've i'm now i've been committed to, for, to this for years and i'm finally actually doing it um i'm trying to you know buy like nicer things that cause less damage in the world mm-hmm. and so now that I've, I've bought two two half gallons of this stuff i'm like all right now i need to double check because if it's not this i need to go find some eight dollar gallon somewhere or maybe it's just impossible and i have to find you know i have to find myself to tolerate a, a non-dairy alternative the best thing you can possibly do is find someone who you know that owns a cow and buy milk from them <laughs> like assuming that you know they treat the cow well <laughs> interview the cow first be like does he do bad things to you but i don't know where i could find somebody that i knew in real life who had a cow with enough to spare i mean you for... live in colorado there's, there's a lot of farms yeah. yeah i know i know people i know one person who lives out in parker with with uh they have one horse and one mini horse mm. which is Aww. really cute yeah bojo. i love mini horses bojo the ho- the little mini horse um but yeah, no it's, it's very hard and it's not a scalable solution because not everyone can know a guy that owns a cow and is nice to it <laughs> because, you know, there just aren't enough people. And if you wanted to get a lot of those people having nice cows, the, the milk would go to $10 a gallon or whatever. This, yeah. the, the, this sounds like more of an aside, but this actually is more of the point of me reflexively challenging something I want to believe. I was at Sprouts and it's like this like whole, flu, whole foods times two more, more you know, uh, hipster slash you I know, love it so friendly much. whatever it's there's sprouts like, and natural groceries are just like it just feels so denver yeah mm. there is definitely and it's like the most like are like, they not nationwide chains maybe probably i don't know I, mean, I don't know i'm not really sure didn't have them in jersey okay. I'm, I'm just mentioning that it's this place that's like whole foods on steroids on, yeah. on liberal steroids and it's great but there was <laughs> there was a thing of milk there it was like eight bucks for a half gallon okay. and I, on, on the thing it said from like a single Amish farm or something. And I'm like, there's, I I'm calling bullshit that a single Amish farm has the, has the technology to like, like carefully and, or rather like, uh, delicately and nicely produce enough milk at scale to sell to an internet, to a national chain. Like, so, I mean, you said I, it was $8 for a half gallon. Yeah. But maybe at $16 a gallon, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm just thinking like, maybe okay, this farm is very large. Yeah. Like, all right. Or maybe one guy, like technically it's all this one guy's farm, but it's, it's like this dude uh, and his wife and they're just pumping out kids. <laughs> so they have enough to milk all the cows. <laughs> I think they use machines, but <laughs> so I'll have to check and see if those cows are happy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, it ends with, remember this, when you plead to be excused just this once, we can't excuse you. It isn't up to us. That was how it ends. On to a priori. Yeah. A priori. To Bayesians, the brain is an engine of accuracy. If you violate the laws of rationality, the engine doesn't run. And that's, hi- I'm, that's hypertext that I'm assuming to the previous post. Yes. Uh, this is equally true whether anyone else breaks the rules or not. And like, I love this. This is exactly what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, at a meta level, what I love about the sequences and like the order they were kind of just like, you know, spewed into existence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he makes a good point And then like kind of refines it with another like another angle Mm -hmm. and that that's what this is doing and we like so while analyzing the previous post we hit some of these points already right yeah yeah probably doesn't hurt hurt that we both read both of these you know we all read both of these posts before we started but yeah actually um, like i think that there were parts of each that i was getting confused like i i forgot which points were made in which essay yeah um they 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 blend together they blend together this is a good Mm -hmm. pair of posts all right, consider the problem of Occam's razor as confronted by traditional philosophers. If two hypotheses fit the same observations equally well, why well, believe the simpler one is more likely to be true? 
You could argue that Occam's razor has worked in the past and is therefore likely to continue to work in the future, but this itself appeals to the predictions from Occam's razor. Occam's razor works up until October 8th, 2007, and then stops working thereafter, is more complex, but it fits the observed evidence equally well. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> Which is the, the date that this was written. Yeah. Do you think he knows he was being funny? Like, making some of these exact points? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just like... He's it's, got a good sense of humor. It's comedy, like, but it, it illustrates the point really well. Well, mm-hmm. I, you missed the first sentence, I think, which was... Uh... Traditional rationalities, phrases, social rules with violations, interpretable as cheating. If you break the rules and no one else is doing so, you're the first to defect, making you a bad, bad person. (laughs) (laughs) It seems there's no way to justify Occam's razor except by appealing to Occam's razor, making this argument unlikely to convince any judge who does not already accept Occam's razor. Yeah. And then parenthetically, why are those? Why are some of those words italicized? Yeah, he italicized justify, appealing, argument, convince, judge, and accept. And yeah, that's because all of those are words that you would try to use when um, making an argument, when trying to convince someone of something. I'm not going to be able to argue my, you know, you had that broken treadmill in the basement. You're not going to be able to argue it into working You're using yeah. Occam's razor this way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, but I plugged you in. The other one, when I plug it in, it works. What the hell's your problem? Yeah, you got to manifest it, though. So I guess you just don't really want it. Oh, this is that secret stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that really, like, pisses me off. But, you know, that technically um, sounds like a thing that could be true, that you can't justify Occam's razor without using Occam's razor, right? The, the, The justify part is the key here, where the thing is we aren't trying to justify anything. Right. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking about the secret. Like, I, <laughs> sorry. I, no, no, you're good. It's it's like luckily this came out right in the height of like my new atheist, my new atheism, you know, uh, argument era, and it was the most like egregious pop culture idea I had encountered, more so than like common religion. Mm-hmm. Like, because because the, the the obvious uh, question that first comes up is like, well, hey, why did I get attacked? I didn't want that to happen. Well, the other you must not have not wanted it enough, <laughs> which is a horrifying thing to say, yeah. especially to a survivor of abuse or, or violence. And like, there's there's no way to to get around that. And so, I don't. Yeah. You know, this is why Oprah is number one on Skeptoid's list of top ten harmful promoters or promoters of harmful pseudoscience. Mm. She seems like a nice woman. I know yeah. that she does a lot of, of, of good work. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she needs to vet her... her and I'm not sure where she's at or, now. This was 15 years ago yeah. that I was aware of Oprah. Does she even have a show? I think she still does. Hopefully. She definitely still has a magazine. Alexa, does the Oprah show still exist? Wow. Okay. According to our robots, it ended in 2011. Yes. That was a really good answer. I was surprised. Me too. Yeah. Um, while you're doing that, I looked up the definition of justify because I... They're talking about justifying Occam's razor mm-hmm. and... The point, I guess he was making, which we were just talking about, was uh, that th- these are words like you would use to try to like convince a human person rather than, you know, the universe or uh, physics that don't care about your arguments. But yeah. I just, I don't know, I was like compelled to look up justify. And so we've got verb to show or prove to be right or reasonable. But then apparently the second definition, theology, declare or make righteous in the sight of God. Oh, interesting. And now I'm wondering which meaning. <laughs> I, I think because he was using other words that yeah. have to do with law. He was using the first definition, but it's just, I don't know. It's God. a cool, <laughs> cool secondary spin on it. You're really making me want to talk about a show that I just watched that... You can talk about a show you just Before watched. Before you do that. Yeah, we uh, should finish. Yeah, I, well, I want to just you know jump in and say that, that I was trying to get to the point earlier. I'm not sure if I made it. That um, no one 
is well some people are trying to justify occam's razor to their argue to the person they're arguing with but like that is not really the goal we don't care about justifying it to people we just observe that occam's razor works that when you apply it uh you get correct answers and that's the same thing with the laws of thermodynamics you're not trying to justify to someone look if you heat one end the heat's going to go to the other because of these and these reasons you're just like Look, bitch, <laughs> we heated one end and slowly the rest of the thing warms up because it conducts heat. If you don't believe me, touch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's a good way to bring that point home. And like, again, in the early days of my arguing with theists, you know, I'd be like, well, here's the, like the laws of logic and this this sort of thing. And they're like, well, you know, I just don't care about that. I'm like, all right, well, I can't logic you into into accepting the laws of logic. Again, with with the caveat of, yes, you do. You just draw, you carve out this exception for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, all right, well, clearly then we're just, we're not, I mean, it's, it's like arguing whether or not you can move a knight this way in chess. There was and it's a... like, but you can't. It's like, yeah, but I think I can. It's like, well, then we're not playing chess anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You physically can move it wherever you want, but then you're not playing chess. Right. Which is, yeah. There's, um, there was this, uh, Richard Dawkins debate, I remember. It's probably still on YouTube. If I can find it, I'll put a link, uh, if anyone cares. But I, it was, um, he was arguing with this, like, creationist who just kept saying, uh, that there's too many gaps in the evolutionary <laughs> record and or, like, oh, well, we haven't really found enough evidence. And he was like, well, actually we have, well, you know, in between humans and apes, no, we have a lot of them. Uh, and there's like, I don't know, she just kept saying like, well, there's, you know, there's, there's too many gaps, like with it, there's not this thing. And when she, he would say specific things like, oh no, we have tons of fossils. They're, they're in the British museum. Mm -hmm. You could go look at them. And the, she just kept repeating, well, you know, they don't really, we don't have them. And he's like, we do. We have them, right? You could go, go look at them. Go, go. <laughs> I remember seeing this at there. And it was oh, like, I... she just broke. Like she refused, like she couldn't engage with like, I don't know, I guess she expected that to be a knockdown argument and had no ability to actually think. And, and it, it just really kept repeating it. <laughs> it really annoyed me that people upon seeing that thought that Rick, Richard Dawkins was an asshole. Like, that was one of the things they would link uh, to, like, Richard Dawkins is an asshole. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, because he's right? Well, and I imagine that the person he's arguing with, I only remember this being vaguely recounted in The God of the Gaps chapter from The God Delusion. And that's what this, this phenomenon is called. You know, if, if they say, well, what about the gap between, you know, this area of, of understanding? Well, I filled it. Oh, but now there's a gap. Now on there's two side. gaps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think what I imagine happened is that, you know, she was raised being told this her whole life. And yeah. then it's like, no, actually, you're wrong. We can go look at it together. I'll buy your ticket to the museum. And like. I think he actually then, did say that. Okay. That's <laughs> where he was like, yeah. I'll, I'll take you right now. Yeah. Like, we be, can go look at them. I'd be happy to. And then at that point. He You're was like, offering to pay her ticket, but he's the <laughs> asshole. But then I think it's like, from her perspective, it's like, well, hold on. Now I'm being, so like when you said like she just couldn't think, I imagine it was just like kind of a, a, a cognitive car crash. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on. I was told that that's where this road went. And now you're telling me that it's not. What, you know, just, and I'm making bamboozled facial expressions as I'm imagining what was going on in their heads. So yeah. I've experienced uh, like a, a lot uh just cognitive shutdown, usually with like some kind of intense emotional trigger. To use a you know <laughs> a word that we might raise eyebrows at, but uh, I think it's a perfectly valid word. Yeah, that tr triggers are real and do exist, but yeah. like in the context of like PTSD, not like I'm vegan and I saw a picture of me. I don't know. Uh, you know, we don't <laughs> I mean, need to, you can we don't say need to you're triggered, but right we're not now. going to respect that. You, you need a trigger warning. That picture of a pomegranate because it looks like you know violent or something. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if your fellow philosophers do not demand justification for your unarguable beliefs, you will not demand justification for theirs. As the symbol for your treaty, your white flag, you will use the phrase a priori truth. And that's 
truth before uh, observation. Okay. Yeah. A priori is prior observation um, or prior to observation. Our Latin listeners, uh, our Latin speaking listeners, uh, Wes, will no <laughs> doubt be able to more uh, arti- or cleanly articulate that than I just did. But... Fucking lawyers and their <laughs> Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy defines a priori propositions as those knowable independently of experience. Wikipedia quotes Hume, relations of ideas are discoverable by the mere operation of thought without dependence on what is anywhere existent in the universe. This is contrasted with like a posteriori uh, beliefs, which is like, this is what I believe after looking at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently one of the common examples of that is one plus one equals two. And uh, and in reply to that, Eliezer links back to his uh, post on how to convince me that two plus two equals five. Because um, I, I think he makes a good point. If all the evidence consistently shows that adding two and two together makes five, you kind of accept the evidence. So this whole thinking about things to, to, to without any, any resort to the evidence is stupid. Yeah, it's like then, I, I mean, this just gets into like those things that are fun for a couple of years and became less fun for me. Examples of like, well, I can think of things like uh, whatever, all chairs by my definition are things that you can sit on. Okay. I can sit on this, therefore it's a chair. I don't have <laughs> in, to I don't have to know where the thing definition. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, if I if I can say all A are this, B is an A, therefore B is or therefore B has whatever trait A has. Right, right. right? Um I can know that before observation. Mm. But you kind of have to, I guess, either just believe what you're told about B mm. or like go look at it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's I I don't have uh like that, that one, um, God, I forget when the, what this example is from, but uh, when a bunch of people were told all elephants are pink, <laughs> um, Maurice is an elephant, is Maurice pink? And the answer was like, I don't know, I'd have to go see Maurice. Because they were like, I'm not sure I believe your, <laughs> your, uh, your suppositions here. And it was just supposed to be a, you know, a strict test of logic. And applying just logic yeah of course maurice is pink but uh they, they weren't willing to accept the, the the question giver's word on this thing there you go they're they're bad a priori arguing philosophers yes yeah but probably less easy to trick and they're good rationalists <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't believe it until i see it yep, yep. But... Don't t- oh, sorry go ahead oh no good i was just gonna read the last one that we have here don't try to tell me that a priori beliefs are arbitrary because they sure aren't uh, generated by ran- ro- rolling random numbers brains evolved from non non-brainy matter by natural selection they were not justified into existence by arguing with an ideal philosophy student of a perfect of perfect emptiness <laughs> <laughs> this does not make our judgments meaningless a brain engine can work correctly producing accurate beliefs even if it was merely built by human hands or or culminative uh, or cumulative stochastic selection pressures those are badass words mm-hmm. um rather than argued into argued into existence but to be satisfied by this answer, one must see rationality in terms of engines rather than arguments. Yes. Twight. <laughs> Did we want to touch on this thoughts thing real quick? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure how relevant it is, but this was in response to the thing that uh, a priori beliefs are discoverable by mere operation of thought. Elias points out that thoughts exist in the universe. They are identical to the operation of brains. Oh, I skipped that part. Yeah. yeah. Material yeah. brains in the real universe. Uh, so when you add one plus one and get two by thinking, those thoughts are embodied in flashes of neural patterns. In principle, we could observe experientially the exact same material events as they occurred within someone else's brain. You could see someone else's engine operating materially through material chains of cause and effect to compute by pure thought <laughs> that one plus one equals two. 
How is observing this pattern in someone else's brain any different as a way of knowing from observing your own brain doing the same thing? When pure thought tells you that 1 plus 1 equals 2 independent of any experience or observation, you are, in effect, observing your own brain as evidence. Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, like, I don't know uh, if he actually used I don't think so, but, like, it reminds me of the idea of armchair philosophizing. Yeah. Where? Or any sort of philosophizing. Um, I know. I, there's, I, there's... I personally just got a distaste for it. No, there's good philosophy. Yeah. I think there's excellent philosophy. I think yeah, I think go that far. I think there's good and excellent philosophy when you're not like you're not trying to use philosophy to generate beliefs about the world, but like, you know, it, it um you know virtue ethics is the philosophy about how to live, right? Yeah. Stoicism, another good example. There's also like, philosophy that takes like evidence into account and. Yeah, I mean, you know, what what can we reasonably infer? That's I mean, I don't, I don't like drawing hard lines around what's philosophy and what's thinking other of other kinds of thinking patterns, but yeah. I think philosophy any. Any decent philosophy can be replaced with a good enough Bayesian statistical model. It's like, <laughs> so mm. this is why the philosophy channel in our Discord is named Math for Babies. <laughs> because it, once you apply enough math to philosophy, it just reduces to, you know, math. Well, that's just your philosophy, man. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. If you don't know math, if you're doing math for babies, you're a philosopher. <laughs> I don't know. There's utilitarian things that that don't work great. <laughs> like, uh, what is it? Repugnant conclusions or whatever. And that depends on which utilitarian arguments you accept, I guess. Yeah, and that does kind of come down to philosophy, I mean. Which is why philosophy is bad, because it comes down to arguments that you're trying to make other people accept, as opposed to laws of statistical thinking. Well, like, if you're trying to decide what you should do, yeah, it, you know, I don't know what laws, is, uh, laws of statistical thinking I'm looking for when I'm deciding whether or not to buy cruelty-free milk, right? Well, I mean, when we're talking about the more colloquial sense of, ah, see good and bad, I like, good philosophy, then yeah, sure, that's that's great. But when I think of the philosophy I dislike, it's more about the armchair mental masturbation that gets done in high-level universities. Or just, like, or, 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 you know, philosophy 101 cl classes. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was my, like... Those are some of the most fun classes I had. If you're just sitting there arguing this random shit, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, like you're, you're, you know, the first time I encountered like serious arguments for dualism and stuff mm. were like riveting, if not compelling, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, once you have serious people discussing arguments for the existence of philosophical philosophical zombies, that's when I'm like, okay, you've 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 clearly lost your own head inside your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You need to do some spelunking. <laughs> Go spelunk your way free from this this weird belief you've got. Yeah. All right. So we have for next time, priming and contamination, and do we believe everything we are told? Excellent. And I haven't read that one in a long time. Does that touch on that research that, like, in order to understand a statement, you have to tacitly believe it for a second? I think that was Spinoza who said that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Like, well, I haven't read it yet, and I well, don't remember exactly what post that was, so maybe. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. And if not, th that was, I said experiment, and then I mentioned Spinoza in the same sentence. Spinoza was a philosopher, so careful um <laughs> this was less of like a um i'm skimming to the word spinoza yep there is spinoza great all right so we'll save it for next time yeah come back in two weeks to find out <laughs> next episode of the bayesian conspiracy dun, 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 dun. we need funny commercials this episode brought to you by givewell i i rather than funny commercials i would like like existentially creepy commercials like they had on um oh, <laughs> when i fail yeah those were the best yeah oh, speaking of, of brought to you by givewell shameless plug so I finally, I started a new job with some caveats. It's like the same product, but new company. And um, 
came with a pay bump. So what I did, and then on the whatever first paycheck of February, not the last one of January, I got finally paid out this bonus from my last job, my last like my first week or my last week of of earned pay at the last job, my PTO, and then my first paycheck from this job. Nice. And so it was a great, yeah, great Friday. Yeah. And so what I did was I finally went to givewell.com slash rationally speaking oh. and set up a recurring uh, donation, which is matched the first month up to $250. Nice. So everybody should do that. And I'm humble bragging. I'm not, I'm not really bragging. I'm just stoked. I finally got, got off my ass and actually did this. Um, but everyone else can. And if you go to... Uh, Congrats. I think I think um, Barry Bad Wizards also has the same pitch. Okay. But if you go there to, like I said, givewell.com slash whatever podcast, make sure, it, you know, look it up first. But I did Rationally Speaking. And yeah. then you select it from like the drop down. I got an email a few days later saying, yep, your first donation will be matched. So... <laughs> Tim Ferriss just uh, plugged that as well. Perfect. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so lots of... Lots of anyone, I guess, so who... So it's matched by Rationally Speaking? I think it's matched by some generous donator with deep pockets hmm. um i don't think because i know that like apparently tim ferris's show is doing it uh uh very bad wizards is doing it i think it's just a promotion that they have like hey if you're referred here by one of these people we'll match your first donation why did not anybody consider the Bayesian <laughs> conspiracy for this we haven't asked we haven't talked to give well yet oh do we have to approach them that probably makes more sense i mean <laughs> they, 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 let's do that. they have to build the endpoint for you know givewell.com slash Bayesian conspiracy right so yeah yeah um or all at right. least have it lead straight to the same page of all the other ones. So nobody donate anything yet. <laughs> In two weeks, there might be something where you can do it through us. I don't think. I don't think rationally speaking gets anything. I just emailed no, that's them. That's fine. Just all I want is the mad props. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about who you're helping. It's about the props. Yes, exactly. Validate us. That's the only reason I live or do anything. So when I did check out, though, I didn't get a thing that said your first donation is matched. So I did reply because it was like, do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah, did Julia Gala from Rationally Speaking get like a, you know, a tick mark on the board for referring me? Because I said that she did. Mm. And they're like, yep, totally. You'll get that email in a few days. And I did. So cool. Yeah. All um, right. Just to be clear, Julia Gala, it's her, you know, give her credit for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's, she's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, yeah, she's like the best, like, not professional ea activist ea activist in the world as mm -hmm. far as i'm aware right mm -hmm. and like I'm, like I'm like why am i telling him this he knows this the guy i'm talking with at givewell i'm sure <laughs> but i felt i felt the need to justify writing my email in more than just a sentence that's so. true he's like why do you think she's on our site <laughs> <laughs> cool all right so we probably gonna get through a bunch of feedback and some other topics um probably hit the other topics first but i wanted to do this one thing of feedback before we start in on that because it relates to what we were just talking about because okay. just a second ago we were talking about hey this post that we're going to read next time called um do we believe everything we're told uh and i was like oh yeah i remember about this whole changing our minds thing that somebody wrote in about so want to touch on that real quick uh koi from the discord or the poster formerly known as koi and now <laughs> is two characters that i don't know how to pronounce but apparently are pronounced koi so uh still koi just in a different language maybe i'm not even sure what characters it, what language it is but yeah yeah maybe it's not even a language i don't know I mean, it has to be something for it to be from Bill to type it in as a username. That's true. Yeah. I'm okay. looking it up now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, but Koi said on uh, the, when we were talking about we change our minds less often than we think, uh, there's a You Are Not So Smart podcast episode, which we will link, that argues for the opposite. New research suggests that the majority of the mind change we experience after we update our priors, we delete what we used to believe and then simply forget that we ever believed otherwise. This can lead to a skewed perception of the world, one that leads to the assumption that the mind change is rare and difficult to come by, and that can lead to our avoiding information that might expand our understanding of the world because we assume it will have no impact. 
The truth, say Wolf and Williams, is that mind change is so prevalent and constant that the more you expose yourself to counter-evidence, the more your worldview will erode, replaced by a better, more accurate one. It's just that you probably won't realize it until you look back at old posts on social media and cringe. <laughs> Which is a fascinating point. Yeah, uh, that reminded me of... Well, no, this is a different point. Um, where I will write or draw something and be like oh this is garbage mm. or like my memory of my past self's like ability to create things was like oh it's so it, you know um the, the more distance i get from that the and when i look back i actually like appreciate my own stuff better because i can separate it from thing that i have made to oh. just thing that exists in the world which just shows that i'm a really harsh critic of myself i guess but um it also shows growth i've had a couple examples of that of digging yeah. through like one of the cool things about my new job is like our CTO is like the best. He's not even hands-on is the right way to do it. He's very like interested to be involved and he wants to get spun up as fast as possible. So he's like, Hey, if you guys are going to work on something like as a group, call me in, I want to watch. And, uh, so I get, a, there's been a couple of cases where I'm like, God, who did this? Oh, me. Whoops. <laughs> and so then you get, you know, th that's growth, right? Yeah. If you can't look at something that you did before and if, if you know, if you're, if you're no better at doing something that you've been working on for five years than you were five years ago, you're not making progress, right? I know I've run into this talking with other people uh, quite a few times. Maybe not quite a few times. That was at least a few times, though, because uh, I'm one of those weird perverts that really enjoys arguing with strangers on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they stop being strangers if you argue with them long enough. Uh, but um, I, there's been times where, like, I'm arguing with someone and I'm like, a few months ago, you had the exact opposite position. What are you doing? Just, like, switching around on me. And they're like, no, I didn't. I've always thought that, I don't know. Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer, or whatever it is. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. I'm sure I can go back and find the logs. And uh, th that's happened a few times. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? I'm sure it's happened with me too, and I just can't remember it, because you don't remember having that wrong of a position in the past. You don't remember what you forgot. Yeah. I mean, I know I used to believe in God a lot. Like, that I can de distinctly remember. But maybe there's things that I think that I've you know, always just kind of assumed which were not the case. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a part of the brain that are, uh, what would you call it, a function of the brain where it's trying to make yourself feel consistent with your past self. Mm -hmm. That's kind of important for feeling like a unified, coherent person. But yeah. it's got those drawbacks. Yeah, it's it's really worrisome. I don't like the idea that my brain is going around editing itself so that I have a wrong picture of me. Yeah, but... <laughs> but as long as you're trying to continually improve your picture of the world, you know, at least you have a better picture of the world. And if you're if you're throwing, if you're garbage collecting old pictures, mm. you know, right, at least there's that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this having my consciousness edited, even by my own brain. <laughs> the world is a mess without that editing software, though. Yeah. I definitely uh, broke that in a weird way one time by combining drugs I shouldn't have. Oh, I was like, I don't know how to make con. That's the worst place to take new drugs. Yeah, and this was not even recreational drugs. These were, well, it was like modafinil and some peptide from Russia, and I don't know. Uh, I was, it was super weird. I was fine until I had one beer, and it wasn't even a strong beer. Mm. Like later in the day, and then suddenly my brain just broke, and I, my filtering software broke. And as I would like turn my head, I could see the saccades of what looked like sort of. Mm. Uh, individual like like if you took a bunch of polaroids and then laid them out mm. where i was kind of like oh god like 
the actual experience of turning your head and feeling like there's a coherent just like picture <laughs> like uh sensory data was the same it was, it's really hard to explain but it was like everything was these saccades of just like little flashes of thing that i could see that my brain was putting together into uh i mean like the, the, there's so little that like we as humans actually see and our brain is mostly just like using software to fill in these big gaps in our vision and there's the only... expectation that like this uh cup of coffee is still going to be there on the table so like object permanence so it's putting it there but yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't trust your own eyes even if you're not moving your eyes you still got that big blind spot that your brain yeah. pretends to fit or does fill in but it's with, right with, in the middle of your eye yeah guesses um was your were your thoughts doing the same thing yeah where, it you, was... could, where you could observe the, the the leaps in thinking mostly i was just I, I was first of all horrified because i was like oh man i'm gonna have to like call an ambulance if this doesn't wear off it did wear off but like i was just laughing at, at like oh my god how do how do we drive we drive cars <laughs> like <laughs> how, how do we how do we like i don't know it's it's it, it, yeah. it just made me aware of how little actual sensory data we're ever actually getting <laughs> and how kind of i don't know very impressive i guess our brain software is that we can just walk or pick pick up a thing. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, I guess it's highly optimized, but it just makes me not trust the brain. I feel more and more like a hero in one of Richard Watts's books, where it's just like, I'm a weird parasite living on this thing that barely functions, <laughs> yeah. and it keeps editing me, and I don't like any of it. Yeah, it's kind of existentially horrifying. It is. Such is life. Damn it. Fun on a bun. I like uh, GSV. This is another bit of feedback. Oh, okay. Um, explaining, because I think we talked about this some weeks ago about Mott, Mott Bailey versus moving the goalposts. Oh, yeah. I want to, before you get into that, it yeah. turns out, um, Jace, you were right. Um, Scott Alexander did not coin the Mott and Bailey thing. Okay. It was around before him, and he just popularized it. Yeah, I... So I apologize. I remembered that, or I thought I did, because... Are you sure you ever believed otherwise, Inyash? <laughs> <laughs> I accept uh... your apology, Jace. <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> no, I remember there were someone from my Philly Less Wrong group was mentioning that they were kind of annoyed that Scott had popularized Mott and Bailey because it was not intuitive, and they thought that yeah. bait and switch would have been better. Because mm. people forget which is the Mott and which is the Bailey, since they're not words that are in the common lexicon. I and like, yes, just be a little smarter. I always forget which one's which. The Bailey is the place everyone wants to be. The that's Mott the is the tower. See, I had it backwards in my head. Oh. <laughs> All right, so so the the mot is the retreat. Mm -hmm. Okay, then why is it first? Because bait and switch. <laughs> the bait is first, and that, that's that's where know. you're having your first first line of argument is out out in the the bailey apparently. Yeah, yeah. And then you retreat to the mot. No, nah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Scott. You should have switched. You should have switched him when you popularized it. But bait and switch doesn't entirely explain the phenomenon because people come once mm -hmm. you know they drive away the arguers, they go back out to the bailey. Whereas you don't go back out to the bait. And then when Argus come back, retreat to the Mott. Argus go away. Okay, back to the Bailey. So the moving back and forth is an important distinction that you don't do with baiting and switching. <laughs> just like the most like prime example of just like, no, God doesn't want you to have abortions. Well, you know, hold on. How do you know? Like, you know, what do you mean God? Like the, your, your version of religion is real? No, no. I mean, by God, I just mean love. Yeah. And by that, <laughs> I mean, you can't have abortions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you're done, you know, arguing like, okay, yeah, we all we all accept that love exists and it's a great thing and you can base your religion on that. Okay, good. The, the person goes away. All right, so back to no abortions because <laughs> uh, of God saying so. I so like sorry, this was a long 
it was at the very bottom of the members list on Discord, but that's Japanese. Koi. Oh, great. It's Koi. Oh. Oh, you can read Japanese. Uh, a little bit. Choto. <laughs> and does it mean like the, the fish? Um, this is the, that's just the, uh, what the hell do you call characters that, that symbolize a sound? Kanji. No, um, I mean. Phoneme? Letters. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, there's a word for this, but like when literally you're just using a symbol to mean a sound as okay. opposed to a pictograph. Hmm. Hieroglyph? Sounds right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to the thing. You were saying something about GSV and Montevales. <laughs> I like this distinction. And I think you had some, some uh, discussion about it, but I'm curious. I just like, I like this one. Uh, Montevales Mont versus moving goalposts. Because I think we may have equivocated them at some point some months ago. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. They both dismiss the evidence provided, but moving the goalposts means demanding new evidence. And a Mott and Bailey means secretly modifying the claim so as to render the evidence inapplicable to the claim that the person who provided evidence slash criticism will seem unreasonable for disagreeing with. Right. Like, like you that. can't disagree that love is great. Right. Yeah. But then you had said, does it make more sense if I say that uh, Mott and Bailey dismisses evidence by modifying the claim and moving the goalpost dismisses the evidence by modifying what counts as sufficient evidence? That yeah. sounds like the same thing. That, that was actually GSV earlier. And then he uh, oh. wrote the second thing out to explain that in more detail. Perfect. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Someone was asking, hey, Stephen Zuber, I'm curious, what was the conversation where you made somebody stop being transphobic? I think I, I replied briefly in the chat. Um, yeah, like, but very few people are on the Discord compared to fair. our number of listeners. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's not as, as compelling as it sounds. And This person wasn't, like, transphobic in the real sense of hates trans people. They were transphobic in the sense of Twitter would crucify them if they'd said what they thought. Um, <laughs> so, like... The... So, like, they're ignorant. It's great that there's yeah. that distinction. But that, that's exactly There's it. real transphobic and there's Twitter transphobic. Right um no like jay said they were ignorant about stuff and like it 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 was really just a matter of like saying by patiently engaging them with it and be like well hold on like what do you what do you actually mean here well and i think it was something so you like straight epistemologized it yeah kind of i mean i don't know if it's interesting enough to get into the whole thing and it was a couple of years ago if i can remember at all but it was like yeah basically like well, hold on what do you mean i think and it was more about them saying that there were just two genders which I, might be transphobic, might not be. It's definitely something phobic. Um, and, like, this person's gay. And I was like, all right, well, like, how is that different, like, than someone, than some straight person telling you, like, no, there's just heterosexuality. Like, you're just, you know, going for attention or, or whatever, right? And he's like, well, I mean... Gay for attention. <laughs> right. Well, that first of all, why the fuck would anyone do that, right? Especially given... For the, the attention. This hey, guy, uh, <laughs> the argument. Hey, but, do you want to be oppressed? Right. But but this guy's upbringing... As long I mean, as I get attention. He's got a religious conservative family. Coming out to them was, was like, really bad. Not, this, there's definitely worse stories, but it was bad for him, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Did they eventually accept him, right? Yeah. This is the same person I'm I thinking think, of? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay, okay. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so I mean, it worked out, but there was a you know rough period, and yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly where they're at if they think he's going to hell or not. But mm -hmm. you know, they're you know, it's not like he can't come to Thanksgiving and stuff. So, <laughs> um, but like it, it was kind of just like what eventually brought me around to it because I I don't have uh like as far as I know a sense of gender the same way that I used to have a coworker who doesn't have a sense of smell, and so like I could tell him what things smelled like, but that doesn't mean anything to him, right? Mm -hmm. And so if someone says they have a sense of gender identity that doesn't match up with their presentation or does or whatever i'm just like if you say so but like i don't i don't have that same sense that you have but i'm totally just inclined to take your word for it mm -hmm. and just like to me you know who i'm attracted to doesn't feel like a thing that i can i don't know put my 
like put my finger on it. Just it's just a part of my cognitive experience, right? Mm-hmm. Just like it is for him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there, there's just another piece of architecture in there for people. And you know, like I guess you know, and I, and I don't know if he changed his mind in real time with me or not, but I think it gave him something to think about. But it was just like at the end of the day, it's like what what do you lose? by by seeding the fact that some people might be able to see more colors than you do right like if they say they can like and that's my my analogy for it colors or smells or something right mm-hmm. like because we can all imagine that unless you can't see colors or smell things um but and it, you can also ask what do you do for someone who says they can see spirits and ghosts like the colors thing might be the same thing there, well, there was a way to prove that you can see more colors which was interesting sure i think well with the spirits and ghosts thing there there, there might actually be some harm by acknowledging that belief right mm-hmm. like if, if if uh what was her name sylvia brown mm-hmm. uh that tv psychic who would charge you ten thousand dollars to talk to your dead uncle yeah um like if if she says that uh you know if she says she can see spirits there actually is harm there but if, but if she says i feel non-gender normative and you grant that you're not you're not i mean you're not gonna be you know huckstered out of your money you're not you're not yeah. so Part of it. I, is I wasn't just, trying to compare those. I was trying no, no, to compare yeah. it to these seeing other colors. Sure, sure. Yeah. But but I mean that's the thing is you know so if someone that that is a good example to bring up though if someone says they have an experience that you can't have or that you don't have it you don't observe in yourself and you know one question you might ask like well what do I lose by just saying okay sure go for it mm-hmm. right like I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty much on one side of the fence about whether people feel like animals or not um <laughs> like i know somebody who said that they knew huh? somebody who was a raven oh you mean like and people I, who are like animal kin you know, they uh, called themselves back in the mid 2000s right so like <laughs> i i don't know if i believe that right i think that they're people with fun imaginations and they're they're having a good time hopefully and they don't feel like if they feel like they're a raven they're not actually pulling over to eat roadkill or something right <laughs> um so like you know, I, mean, the, I know exactly how that kind of person feels, but I also think they're being dumb. So, but, <laughs> but the thing is, like, you know, if, if they're not, like, but as far as I'm concerned, if you're being dumb politely to yourself in your head, like, I, right. I, I don't yeah. really have Go a huge, it. I don't have have a beef with it. Mm-hmm. I think that there, it does make more sense. I'm not, I'm not saying that that believing you have an animal spirit is 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 on the same level as saying you have a, a non-normative gender. <laughs> what I'm saying is that. I can't confirm. I can't confirm or deny either about someone's lived experience, but one seems way less unreasonable to me than another, mm-hmm. right? Because I know people with masculine identities, and they they, they describe that in themselves, mm-hmm. and and they present as masculine, right? So, like for some people, it's super obvious to them. Shania Twain, I think, uh, was that a man? I feel like a woman song. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that entire song is about feeling a gender. Nice. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's the thing people have. And so it's just not something that I really observe in myself. And according to like whatever the random questions that people ask, um, you know, that you can help self-identify, you know, like a checklist at the, if you go to a, visit a psychiatrist, they do make you do checklists if you're depressed or uh, schizophrenic or something and, or bipolar is the other big one that they have on either side of the sheet. So like, I'm, I'm what people call cis by default. And I'm like, yep, that that che- that checks out. Apparently, people have done this this homework, and that makes sense to me. So. Very common in this community, right? There's a neurotype. Yeah, I I just don't really identify with my my meat suit all that much. And so, like, there's another question. I anti-identify on, with mine, but what you're gonna do? Yeah, I mean, like, I I I so like, I think there's some people that if like, you know, they had a blackout and they woke up like, hey, sorry, we had to put your brain in a new body. Mm. Like some people would be like, no, my body. I'd be like, what do I look like now? Oh, yeah. weird. Okay, I cool. would want to be like, is this a better body, or did you give me the <laughs> shitty knockoff version? 
Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm of the mind, yeah, unless I got put in some, you know, ramshamble one, then I'd be like, oh, neat. Right. You, know. you stitched it together from three other bodies, <laughs> didn't you? I'm a Frankenstein monster now. Perfect. Yeah. I think I was a much cuter girl than a guy, but hmm. it just feels more right. Cool. Uh, do you, do you ever actually say? told us they made him stop being transphobic? Well, I, I think it was mainly, like, what I, I, I brought it main, mainly in contrast, just saying, fuck you, you piece of shit. How dare you say this, this, <laughs> this her- heretical thing. I, I, I didn't was... do that. What I did was, was just engage him on it and gave him something to think about. Yeah. And I, and I think at the end of it, I think we'd both been drinking. I don't remember if he had said, okay, fine, that makes sense. Or if I just felt like he's leaning that way, mm. but whatever I did, it wasn't, you know, I didn't cancel him from my life yeah. and, uh, you know, push him further into the, the recesses of the dark side. Right. Yeah. So you were saying, uh, man, I had a few thoughts and they're kind of jumbled now. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that the, the joke that jumped into my head that I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that, but now I'm going to was when you asked, Hey Steven, what was like the conversation where you made someone stop being transphobic? I was going to be like, punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you stop people from having bad opinions right that's that's how it's always worked in the past <laughs> or if you're in certain communities you know canceling them out of existence or out of out of your lives is is a solution um, speaking of which wasn't that one of the topics you wanted to bring up yeah i mean i was hoping we'd do more like lighthearted, fun stuff because i feel like that's gonna be a bit of a bummer but and i i was thinking specifically i'll never forget the term or hopefully i will but it's still in my head of cancel them out of existence because i'd seen somebody use that before and i'm like that's yeah. you know what that means right that means so, kill them right or or, or <laughs> cancel them in, like you know there was that porn star a few years ago who didn't want to do a scene with a gay guy okay and she was harassed online and she committed suicide oh my god like and what what is weird about that is like no doubt it was you know it was not the religious conservatives arguing her that she should do it it was yeah. the the correct woke left folks yeah and saying you have to have sex with someone you don't want to have sex with. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is so fucked up. Yeah. And I don't know what her reasoning was. Maybe she thought, maybe even if she had some bad beliefs about like, oh no, gay people are full of AIDS. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what she believed. I don't care. Yeah. The point is, is that you, you guys harassed her and you canceled her out of existence. Well done. Like, do you guys put that on the victory board? Right. I don't know. But I just know people who, who've used that phrase. And I don't like it. That, um, God, that's so bizarre. Like consent is the most, the one really important thing. Thing that all this other stuff comes back to and they're like have sex with him you bitch yeah. or you're a bigot yeah that seems weird there's a thing i dislike a lot um i think it's i don't know if this is still a thing but like oh it's so bad so there's uh, this thing they called the cotton ceiling the cotton ceiling do you know this one no okay I this ceiling. uh this is uh i think in, like particularly it was trans women complaining that like gay or uh lesbians like they're, they're lesbians that don't want to have sex with trans women okay like, oh that that's the cotton ceiling yeah <laughs> that lesbians don't want to have sex with you there, there that was doesn't this... really seem like a ceiling i was trying to figure out where well, it came it's in the, the glass ceiling uh you know i mean the glass ceiling is always like there you can the only cotton rise so is the far. underwear oh i thought the cotton was okay. going to be tampons uh, like, <laughs> okay because that would be because you'd have obvious. to be you're basically a genetic female if you can if you menstruate right yeah. uh, so I understand like, like do, do, how, do, how do. the ceiling comes into this like the ceiling metaphor was because you could only get promoted so high as a woman yeah. back in the day you can't penetrate the cotton ceiling i guess but are you getting promoted if you have sex with every lesbian i don't understand <laughs> I think the answer is obviously yes <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. you got me there i'm gonna just say yes yeah <laughs> yeah but i don't know there's this whole argument about uh that it's transphobic to not want to have sex with a trans person of like who identifies as the gender that you're attracted to 
See, I think and there's a special carve out for sex where no one should be feel pressure to have sex well, with someone. They yeah, don't it's have like exactly you know um, whether your reasons or whatever. Yeah, still like, what are you gonna do? Force people to have sex with trans people? Like I, right. like I mean, you can you can pressure people to do business with people that they are bigoted against or extend them basic courtesies or whatever. But like when it comes to actually having sex with someone, you don't pressure people for that. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a hopefully not like as much of a argument or thing anymore but i remember a lot of actually like although i can the sjw you know. friends of mine that i had in the past like or friends of friends on facebook complaining about this like oh, the, you know the transphobia and i'm just like well i, I understand mean, complaining about it do you want a... to have sex with a transphobe if they hate you like maybe don't have sex with them <laughs> it's it's certainly a bummer <laughs> to be attracted to someone and to know that they won't sleep with you because of something about your body but I mean, I could totally see that being something people complain about and being like, "God, this sucks." But and it's a totally valid complaint, and you yeah, know, absolutely, and, it, and it's fair to commiserate about that. But yeah, like but trying to shame someone I mean, into like, sex is just yeah, awful. You... Why would you want to have sex with someone who's being shamed into fucking you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or yeah, you know, like they have a shitty opinion. Yeah. So, whatever. I don't know. It, it's like it's like the reactive, you know, pendulums. This is like the peak of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, <laughs> consent and and uh, you know. Um, but affirmative consent is, you know, the 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 standard that we should all like, mm-hmm. and like we we've swung past that to say you have to have sex with some people, otherwise you're a bigot. That mm-hmm. seems weird. <laughs> that does seem weird. I, I don't think that that's a, yeah. a sustainable I mean, position. I can even understand saying this, you know, someone who like a white dude that doesn't want to sleep with black ladies or something, like maybe that's racist. But the other hand, it's sex. But There's then, a special carve out for sex. Yeah, but then you don't like as force not discriminate against them in the workplace and <laughs> in public and shit. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is <laughs> to that. It just baffled me that people were willing to argue. I mean, you could, you could overall just try to make people less transphobic in a yeah. way that doesn't, you know, center the sex thing. That doesn't involve coercing them but, into yeah, sex. Like, there's yeah, there's also, yeah. I guess, the... bigoted on every aspect. I mean, being part of... Being someone who's, like, a, a member of the LGBTQA+, <laughs> whatever the hell acronym it has become now i think wikipedia has 25 letters on it is kind of like your whole deal is that you are you have like a certain orientation or preferences or identity that is intrinsic to you and you're sort of trying to argue that other people shouldn't have that mm-hmm. i mean people have preferences and maybe some of them are just informed by racism uh or transphobia or like fat phobia or whatever mm-hmm. but like but also, like, uh, it's it's so confusing. I don't know. You have to respect my preferences, but you don't get to have preferences. <laughs> right. Oh, here's here's one from Wikipedia. LGBTQQIAAP. I feel like they're still leaving some out. What's the second T? Uh, transgender, transsexual. Oh, okay. Queer, Which questioning, intersex, thing, but... asexual, ally, pansexual. I think okay. ally in there. <laughs> I, I am not going to be happy until there's more letters in the acronym than there are in the alphabet. I think I th- this is not the longest one I've seen, so I thought I can find the longer one. But all right, while I'm while I'm skimming Wikipedia and we're just talking, you know, we're talking cancel adjacent questions. What is pansexual? I'm assuming it's not being, oh. re- you know, really being into like cast iron cookware. <laughs> it's bisexual, but saying that there's more than two genders. Yeah. Oh. All right. So I identify as pansexual or bisexual, depending on whether the person I'm talking to is older or younger than me. But what if they're the same age? Do you have to come out as both? <laughs> <laughs> oh all right another another let's get Stephen canceled question i had was um 
So they're making, this, speaking of Mandalorian, this is a good segue. Okay. They're making a Last of Us TV show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Hell yeah. And Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. Oh, he would make a great Joel. I'm looking forward to it. Neat. So, and then they're having, uh, she was that little queen or princess from Game of Thrones that was like on the little council in the last episode. She she might have been a northerner. I forget. She was like, oh, okay, I know who you're talking the, about. The, the, the youngest the bear, one, the bear tribe lady. Yeah, and she was like super badass, and she yeah. like shut that guy down at some point. Yeah, yeah, so she's playing Ellie. Okay. And uh, if you play The Last of Us, so this is, takes place during the first one game. Yeah. Okay. So Ellie looks exactly like Ellen Page as a younger person. Who is Ellen Page? Elliot Page now. Uh, Ellie. So. Th- this, oh, this... that's right from Juno. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so. I was, this is, this is my, my serious question is if I'm talking about Elliot Page sub 10 years ago, mm. do I say Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page? Because I'm talking about the little girl that they used basically to model uh, Ellie from The Last of Us on. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that, that person was known as Ellen Page. I think most trans people prefer that you use their current name and pronouns, but like, but yeah, then you can specify that if you're talking about them in the past. Okay. I don't know. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's particularly hard in, Elliot's case because he played a pregnant girl like the whole point of the movie was that she was pregnant and that was a big issue for them I mean I could oh, get Juno. pregnant Juno yeah, yeah. I'm just I, I can't, I'm sure I've seen it but I'm thinking I, I think I've seen it I'm just thinking of Last of Us oh okay yeah, yeah I know yeah and Juno that was like the, the f- plot thrust of the movie see this came up because I was thinking of because I just when I was skimming is there gonna be more Mandalorian I'm like oh wait Pedro Pascal Last of Us what and then there's only two credited actors so far is Pedro Pascal and that person who's playing uh, Ellie. Cool. The other just, of course, wrinkle from my brain is Ellie sounds so close to Ellen. Yeah. And, they, and because <laughs> Ellie probably and Ellen. on purpose. Probably. Yeah, since it was um, based on Ellen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was. It must have been. There's The likeness was too similar mm-hmm. for it to be an accident, I'm guessing. Um, but oh, I, was telling, I was telling my wife about it. And I'm like, wait, do I say Elliot Page 10, 12 years ago? I don't or, think anyone's going to cancel you for saying Ellen Page when referring to the Last of Us the, character. Well, and the female actress back before transition. Someone might, but I was just curious what the mm. what the appropriate way to actually do it was when I'm actually talking about. Yeah, the, the life, preference so. would be to use their current name and pronouns. That's uh, good to know. Yeah, some people have such about... bad dysphoria that they do actually find it upsetting to be dead named or mis misgendered, uh, mispronounced. Yeah, no, I mean that's totally reasonable, but also like for public figures, I think that is less reasonable like do you say that caitlin jenner won the men's olympics yeah. medals <laughs> i think this is one of those things that like you know because i know caitlin jenner is the other obvious example and yet i don't i never uh, knew who bruce jenner was mm-hmm. and so like i mean as a public figure or whatever right i'm, sure no, there's I'm others, just i'm just but... grinding because it's like that's because caitlin jenner sucks as a person I, I heard... oh, did she? didn't she kill somebody yeah. with a car what yeah when did this happen now, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure this happened. Okay. She, like, has conservative opinions, except managed to, like, hammer her brain into this weird configuration. You know, like, when you have, like, gay people who are Christian and they're, like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, where it's Brains just are sort funky. of, yeah. You can, you can have, I mean, that's the thing. Is you, I, I, I don't There's know. There's also a lot of Christian sex out there. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, because this is, like, the first time I'm like, okay, hold on. It took me a sec to realize you meant (laughs) S-E-C-T-S. I mean, there's a lot of Christian sex, too. But (laughs) But I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. I thought you said splinters of Christianity. Gotcha, gotcha. That accept a lot of different things. Sects. I think, yeah, you have to pronounce it awkwardly, so (laughs) know the difference. I come from Colorado. We don't pronounce our T's here. (laughs) Not in certain cases, anyway. Pictures instead of pictures. Oh, man, there was... Oh, no, I'm going to start noticing that now. Uh Uh-huh. We did it. (laughs) 
All right. So yeah, no. You did you have another thing on this topic, or do you want to just pass slide past that? Well, I was kind of curious because so we were it, just because the timing lined up so well. Yeah. Because we were talking about uh, all right, what's her actual name? The actress from Mandalorian, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Um, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, but I think it's. Carano. I think you are. She was also uh, played by Cecily Strong in the opening segment of last night's SNL. Um, oh, okay. So they and they introduced her as Gina Carano. Now I remember. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, so okay. you, I think you said it right. Cool. Um, so. I was thinking like, oh yeah, great, because you know she had this this uh, like a moment like I talked about where rather than Pedro Pascal hitting her with the butt of his you know pistol from the the Mandalorian, he talked with her mm-hmm. and apparently brought her around to being you know less of a jerk about um uh, I think it was uh, pronoun usage. What I discovered what that was about, I was like, how was that even an issue? Like she, she wasn't. So I don't know what things were on set, and maybe there was a much bigger thing on set. But the thing that she got originally almost canceled for that he had to quote talk to her about was the fact that people were harassing her so much to put uh, pronouns in her bio that like she was getting death threats and rape threats and all that other stuff and she eventually like put beep bop boop in her uh profile as her pronouns i'm uh kind of confused i'm not following any of this okay so on her twitter profile Uh, okay who wait gina carano okay so this is an actress she's an actress did you see deadpool I've seen Devil. Remember the the woman who fought uh, Colossus at, in the last fight, uh, Angel yeah. Dust. That's Gina Carano. Okay. The hot chick from Deadpool. Okay. Uh, so she uh, has a Twitter profile, like a lot of other people do, and, for some reason. Yeah, for some fucking stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of like her co-hosts, I guess, or other people that she was around. Maybe it was just like a movement on Twitter at the time that she started being active on Twitter. Was that everyone puts their uh, pronouns in their bio? Uh, and she didn't she was just like i'm gina carano here's a picture of me and i mean she didn't even say that she said nothing she just like didn't put uh um her her pronouns in her profile and people started harassing her because it's the fucking internet and people are the worst on the internet and i mean that's that's just to be expected i guess right compelling speech out of people almost seems like of a variant of you know you know making people feel bad for not wanting to sleep with you right and it's like no, no, you'd really need to put your religion in your Twitter handle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's weird. Put your race in your Twitter bio, man. Yeah, geez. That, I, could, I could actually see that happening before the religion thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's unsettling. But anyways, she just refused to do that, and some people started harassing her, as okay. they do, and eventually as a... I, I don't even want to call it a backlash, because to me, this is like a really classy and good-natured way to be like, kind of slap back a little bit at people who are threatening to kill you. She put beep, bop, boop in her uh, profile as her pronouns, as like, you mm. know, like, fuck off haters kind of thing. And that got her and, almost canceled. Yeah, because people sure interpreted that as, you're making fun of pronouns. Yeah. Eh. And I, I yeah. don't know. Am I completely out of whack here? Or is that a rather classy, humorous reply as opposed to being raging transphobia? I don't know if it's any classier than like I, you know, the quote "identify as an attack helicopter." That's joke. <laughs> like that's, I, I, I wouldn't call that, that classy. Too. That right. thing, that's I would consider that more trashy. And I, I feel like, I feel like this is just of that brand, but less funny because yeah, attack helicopter is hilarious. I, I identify as an attack helicopter. That's just kind of being a jerk. Whereas if you do that in response to people threatening to kill and rape you, that's your that is a de-escalation in my opinion. Yeah, I, because I mean, you're trying to joke and laugh off threats to your physical safety. It's like when you apply for a job. And they ask you for your race on the job application. Mm-hmm. If you click other and type in human, mm-hmm. that's like I think that's kind of a classy response to like not wanting to surrender, you know, race information about yourself, right? Oh, okay. But if you put uh, beep bop boop, I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's <laughs> I, I don't I guess I don't want to 
get into a debate about what classy means, but I, I think... guess in general, I like trying to de-escalate violent situations by resorting to humor. Yeah, although and any sort of de-escalation to me is a a move that I am happy with. That that yeah, I can yeah. I can agree with that. General so maybe sentiment. it's not classy, it's just... but it's just something that I yeah. thought was cool. I think it is a hard to interpret humor. Kind of, I think last time the three of us were hanging out, we were talking about how like with the right audience like if you're hanging out with some friends i don't know if it's like me and my other trans friends we could make like a transphobic joke but we're laughing at like the people who would say that kind of thing but if it was me and a bunch of strangers i'd never say that because the context isn't clear yeah like like on very bad wizards one of them is jewish and the other one he's always pretending the other one's anti-semitic and the other one's always (laughs) playing into the joke they do that on blocked and reported too where uh she's anti-semitic and he's anti-lesbian so like (laughs) among friends yeah Yeah. it's anti it's it's counter signaling right and it's Mm -hmm. fine but if i were to go up to Let's see, Tamler, wait, David Pizarro and Tamler, whichever one is Jewish. If I, if I were to go up to the Jewish one yeah. and make an anti-Semitic joke, that'd be, you know, fucked up, right? right? Yeah. But if we were all chums. I don't think Boop is transphobic, though, so that's dumb. Like, if you said attack helicopter, yeah. that, that's, that's like, got a it's got a context it. of yeah. people that are making fun of it's got a context transgender identities. Yeah. Saying beep about Boop to me just sounds like, I don't want to answer this, why are you bothering me? So it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. Yeah. Uh, my, I guess my thing with... with Gina Carano was I and I wasn't I didn't know the full details of that I know that Pedro Pascal's uh, sibling is is either trans or non-binary or something right. and so and I can... he, he you know he reached out and like you know I, I think I don't know how much time they spent together on set but you know I, I imagine there's some friendliness going on and yeah. um, like hey this is where you know this is where I'm coming from and she was like oh thank you for helping me understand that and I think I'm assuming she changed it or something right yeah like yeah. so that's how these things should go right, right? He didn't threaten to rape her or kill her or something. Right. He, 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 he didn't embody the internet. Yeah. Um, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it seemed to have worked out. And then, so I, it took me a while because I, you know, all my stuff I read on uh, Reddit and I use a dope ass app called Apollo for iOS that when you, when you open a web link through it, it automatically ad blocks it. You really got to contact this Apollo guy and get some kind of endorsement deal going, dude. I think I sent him 20 bucks a year. I love this app. <laughs> You're um, doing it wrong. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good. But app. Um, so the uh, uh, the the built-in web browser has ad block, mm. and so I had to like actually look for the article because whenever I clicked them, it's like you have ad block enabled. Subscribe to the New York Times to read this. Uh, I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm not. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. So I had to find the thing, and so yeah, so she got fired from working for Lucas Art Lucas Films, mm-hmm. which is a subsidiary of Disney, mm-hmm. and so um, and she did this over a post that like. Draw, drew an equivocation between the treatment of conservatives now in the U.S. and the early treatment of Jews pre-Holocaust in Germany. Yeah, like, <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, in the term, in the in the in the phrasing of the twenty-first twenty-first century philosopher David, who for some reason doesn't give his last name on the mind kill, last name on mind killers, even though I know his last name, <laughs> David said, "Make him put it in his profile." <laughs> them, <laughs> them were some real bad tweets. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that put it really well. And so, like, I'm thinking about this, but bad as in. Bad looking. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and stupid. Yeah. And like, but, you know, I can understand that from her lived experience. She's watching people get, you know, kicked off platforms left and right. Yeah. I can understand why someone might like feel that way. Just like they did to the Jews. Yeah, exactly. Kicked off platforms, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I can see how somebody can be a not complete idiot and feel marginalized yeah. for being a conservative. I don't, I don't necessarily agree I mean, with it. I certainly think the argument to compare it to, to uh, you know, pre pre- Holocaust Germany is insane the, the and is overreaching. The argument is that, you know, they stoked hatred of neighbors based on group affiliation. Right. 
and uh, that's bad. It can lead to bad things. And I see right now a lot of my neighbors stoking hatred against each other uh, because also for group affiliation, in this case, political affiliation. Right. And that's the steel man. And, I mean, technically she makes a good point. But on the other hand, she does it in the worst way. I still She's think... not very good at internet, yes. it seems like. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh... And so that... I think in general, conservatives are really, really bad at trying to do the whole... Um, I don't want to say victim game, or, but they they do a very bad job of trying to gain sympathy by comparing themselves to other groups that have been oppressed. They haven't been competing in the oppression Olympics as long, and they yes. and it shows. Yes, yeah. exactly. Gotta... Give them another twenty years, and maybe they'll figure out how to do the oppression Olympics. But for now, they should just not touch that. Right. With, uh, with a I don't know long jumping pole, since we're in Olympic metaphors. And and so, <laughs> so, so here's here's my thought that I had with it though is like. It's it's a it's a terrible comparison to make. While I can see, it's my favorite I, sport. I, I, <laughs> is it really long jumping pole <laughs> or high jumping pole? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't watch the Olympics. <laughs> it's a bunch of athletic people being all chatty. So I I can see the steel man immediately, and I did when I read it. Yeah. And I it's just one of those things like all right, you're bad at interneting, but like yeah. that seems silly. If it was in isolation, it would be one thing. I think. So here's the thing, and this is why I'm kind of torn on it, is like, she, she does represent Lucas Films in her, in her, in her public life, right? Like, I... a, like a lot of jobs, um, I imagine would say, you know, uh, in fact, there was that whole thing where I forget it was, um, that tire company that's based out of, uh, Ohio, Goodyear. Mm-hmm. They had said, you know, don't wear politically affiliated masks okay. to, for COVID stuff. Yeah. And that's just part of job stuff. You yeah. know, we don't want you, we don't want people coming in and you've got a whatever fuck black people or um you know or a black lives matter mask like we we want you to just we, we want our customers to come in and not that that's this isn't the place for that right yeah, but their employees can still tweet whatever they want on their own time i mean yeah, the difference so, is that actor is a very public role that that's exactly the thing and so it's it kind of sucks in that regard where like the company is going to be affiliated with her somewhat and so i think that that's kind of just where like i i don't like the idea of of whatever now, I mean, it's not like she's out of work. I'm sure she'll find jobs. But oh, she do you want to hear where she found work? I'm, uh, sure. Ben Shapiro. Great. I'm sure, she's <laughs> making a movie with him now. Ben Shapiro's We're making a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I know. It's a fucking bummer. Well, this is going like, to be a train wreck, and good for her. Yeah. I hope she gets paid is, well. No, That's not good for her. Because first of all, she has so much fucking talent, and it's being wasted on some Ben Shapiro shit. And you cannot tell me that, like, working with him on some bullshit Ben Shapiro movie is anything like working with Disney on their, their No, stuff. and, you know, so it, it, it does suck. I guess, so, like, my thing is, this wasn't, like, a tweet in isolation. She also tweeted, you know, conspiracy theories about the election being a fraud. Sort of. Uh, she, she did the, the, the bullshit fallacy of the gray we we should be totally sure yeah. as if we're not totally sure the, i right? know right you know so, yes like so, yes. so she, she stoked the, the flames of that 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 caught you know that that led to the insurrection attempt right like i don't i, I don't think it's fair to say that she didn't if like if i played the middle yeah it, and where the middle is completely unreasonable, the mm-hmm. middle sounds the middle sounds like a nice compromise. You know, you think the election was a fraud. I think it wasn't. Let's meet mm-hmm. in the middle and just say, let's just be sure. But I mean, that's like you do that about anything else: vaccine safety, evolution. Yeah. Like, you no, know. the teach thing the is, like, I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Teach the controversy. <laughs> I agree with everyone who is saying that she is, um, you know, retweeting things that are lies. That the election was not uh, a fraud. There, there, and it. The people saying that it is a fraud are often using that as a way to push through 
terrible loss to disenfranchised voters, right? There, it's not true, and it is being used to justify bad things. But on the other hand, like, I don't think that she is spreading lies to justify bad things. What she's, she's more like a, a, you know, a canary in a coal mine or someone setting up a flare. She is a person who is, feels disenfranchised. And like a lot of Americans feels that something shady was going on and people are losing trust in our electoral system. And I, I think the reasons for that are because they're being lied to by their leaders and their media to stoke mistrust in the, in the system. Uh, but well, and she's not doing that. She's saying like, Hey, I, I, I don't have trust in the system anymore. I would like that to stop. And like, I feel like we're killing the messenger. Both of her things. As, like, I'm feeling disenfranchised yeah. and I don't trust our system would have been, like, the correct way, I think, to phrase those tweets. Absolutely. But, you know, so, bad at Twitter. So the crime is being inarticulate <laughs> and, and bad at, like, writing original tweets. Because, like I said, these are retweets of pictures, right? Yeah. So it's, like, the, the crime is being wrong. And, like, I absolutely agree with her that the system does need to change. We need to make it so that people have faith in the system again and don't think there's fraud. We can't do that unless the people who are complaining that there is fraud start just winning elections. No, no, we can do that by addressing the complaints and also holding the actual leaders and media personalities who are lying in order to spread uh, distrust in the system accountable for doing that. How do we hold them accountable? I don't know, man. I'm not a lawmaker. By, by, by kicking them off places? By taking away their megaphones? Maybe if they're like the people doing this um, spreading of misinformation, but that's not her. She's just someone who is like feeling disenfranchised and saying it loudly. I think she has a platform. Like, like, she you has know, her Twitter like, account, but she's but, not the media. She's no, not a newsmaker or a politician. Neither is Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. But like, a lot of people are anti-vax because of her. Well, she, she, Jenny McCarthy actually is a leader of the anti-vax movement. Right. Whereas Gina Carano oh. is just an actress who's tweeting about how she's unhappy with what's happening. Right, it is so... actually upsetting how influential actors are. Yeah, as, as opposed stupid. to, like, you know, doctors or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so... experts in fields. Yeah. So I'm, I'm imagining some follower of, like, oh my God, I love Mandalorian. Let me follow all of them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, like, you know, talking about elections of fraud. And they're like, wait, she probably knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And you, you suddenly sway to the this stupid position, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and I'm not saying, you know, you should, whatever, fire people for being factually wrong about stuff. But when you're, when you're stoking, uh, you know, flames about things that have real consequences when there's when it's baseless. So is is anyone complaining in public about how they feel the last election was mishandled, stoking? Like, is, so, is the correct answer to say, shut the fuck up, you're stoking flames whenever anyone complains? Because I don't think that's going to make them trust the system again. I don't think so either. So that's, why I'm, that's what I was wondering what you meant when you said, like, we need to like restore their faith in the system and and get rid of the people who are causing all this you know mis- yeah so, like i i don't think canceling people who are complaining and aren't responsible for it is going to make things better and in fact i think it's going to make things much worse because they will trust things even less and everyone else will say like look someone is complaining about how they don't feel secure in the electoral system and they're being silenced and shut down right and that's then the men proof. in black came and took them away in a van and yeah, like exactly. this keeps happening to everyone who says this there must be something to it and now they work on c-list straight to video movies with ben shapiro <laughs> right so i guess like what 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 had me sort of like in the air about the gina carano thing is like i it doesn't seem like she was fired in isolation. Like she, there, this was this was not like the only inflammatory thing that she had said. No, she's and, been waving the red flag for as long as she's had Twitter. And yeah. and not not merely saying like, you know, I voted today. You know, Trump Pence. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it was things more inflammatory than that. And so like, 
again, just like the, the bullshit, you know, people's parents spread on Facebook or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. not a very savvy interneter, but... Like, fucking J.K. Rowling. Hmm. Let, less, less insidious than J.K. Rowling, because she's writing original thoughts, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, for whatever else about... we can or just t- lazy. Well, I mean, I think she's going to follow the same trajectory as J.K. Rowling now, where J.K. Rowling was basically a leftist liberal... Uh, liberal in the term of leftist, I guess. She was a strong leftist person and had some reservations about trans stuff. And uh, you know, I, I have to actually like retract <laughs> my original response to JK Rowling said some transphobic stuff was who fucking cares. Yeah. Uh, I still think who fucking cares. Cause like whatever, but uh, she does have a big platform and I did finally like not even, I wasn't in- attending the, I accidentally like saw some of the stuff that she was saying and tweeting and writing and was like, oh, no, that's actually kind of fucked up. She's kind of a dick. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. Like, she started out just a general leftist with concerns and she keeps getting pushed further and further right. And yeah, it's been happening for but... years. And I've, like, I think the same is going to happen with Karano, especially now that, like, she's been pushed to working with fucking Ben Shapiro. Yeah, if she's... Like, that's just going to keep pushing her further and further right if that's the people she's hanging out with. If, if, she's, if she's now stuck hanging out with Lord, you know, with... with not, now, Lord Palpatine's too nice of a moniker for Ben Shapiro. If, she, if she's hanging <laughs> he's, out he's with... not... But, like... He's it, not as bad as Palpatine. I'm trying to think of Dark Side, right? Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, yeah. There, aren't, there aren't a lot of, like, low-key Dark Side figures. Um, in any case, like... Voldemort... <laughs> right uh no, it's a loaded it's term a nowadays <laughs> some yeah, is. some yeah. some random death eater right but yeah. like yeah i mean <laughs> but, but, like ro- rolling stuff aside i was gonna say at least rolling has original thoughts and that makes her more accountable than just retweeting random Lord shit yeah. now more more accountable depending on how wrong she is another conversation um well uh the reason that i sort of am taking back like saying like who fucking cares about jk rowling is that i didn't realize how bad uh, shit is for transgender rights in the UK, yeah. and her as a, you know, not politician, but but popular billionaire. So, yeah, yeah. C- celebrities do have a big platform, and uh, like the, th- they're heard. Yeah, you know? and and they're she's got so much money and so much influence. Yeah. that like you could be doing anything with your time, yeah. and instead you're focusing on this. Now you could call people influencers, I guess. Like I know that that's a there's like web people that are influencers. Yeah. So like, but I feel like there's a sphere of people that don't have official authority, but definitely have cultural authority. Elon yeah. Musk, a good example, right? Uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's not a politician, but he's got tons of authority. Uh, I mean, all he has to do is say GameStonk. <laughs> oh, no, he, I think he, he took a he took a two day hiatus from from Twitter and then just did one tweet Dogecoin. Oh my pri- god! Prices like six x. <laughs> oh, so I mean, you know, pe- when 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 yeah, when Elon just to talks, see if he could. Listen, He's yeah, like, I wonder what would happen. I bet he bought fifty thousand dollars in Dogecoin and then just sold when he made you know some some three hundred k on it or something, right? But um, yeah, my uh, I guess so. I've I've made a really well. I, I think the tangents have been valuable, but my my main thing on on Gina Carano is like, I don't know if I would want to work with her if she like I would be annoyed if my coworker was you know constantly like hmm. doing all. I got annoyed, I mentioned I complained about my manager who was doing the play the middle. Let's let's just be sure the vote was legit, yeah. and like I don't know what his actual position is because I don't think he actually had one. But like it, it's and that's just the one issue. But if he's doing it on everything or whatever, like I'd find it annoying. I wouldn't want to work with him. Mm-hmm. Um. If, like, I don't know, I mean, if we had somebody uh, who was still editing our podcasts, and I won't name our awesome guy who used to do it because I don't want to pretend like he's going to be the guy in my, my hypothetical here, but if our editor, who had a who had a page on our website as thank you for editing our show, mm-hmm. was constantly out there tweeting this random bullshit, mm-hmm. would we maybe not want him to work for the show anymore, depending on the shit he tweeted? Like, it's his personal life. 
But if we link to his Twitter bio on our webpage, and uh, and and you go there and you see Jewish space lasers and and <laughs> and uh, evolution is false and all this stuff, you're like, you know, would we say, hey man, you're, you're kind of you work for when people come to the page, they see your stuff, and that looks bad for us. We might ask him, like, hey, can you knock that shit out? And he'd be like, fuck you. That's my free speech, which is a perfectly fair response. Yeah. Would we say, okay, cool. We're going to find somebody else to edit our podcast then. Like, I mean, would that be just, unreasonable? We'd have to discuss that as a group. Like, for me personally, it just depends on how offensive the thing is. The thing I keep... um. There's a certain level where I'm like, yeah, whatever. And there's a different level where I'm like, no, no, you just said we should kill as many people of this ilk <laughs> as we can. Get the fuck out. So. Uh, sort of the thing that i'm using as an intuition pump is just like disney is a brand that i've worked for disney ah oh, god they're they're protective of their brand oh, um yeah. <laughs> they have people that brand managers who are like like the brand manager for peter pan and like an entire team of people that are just like their whole job is to make sure that if anybody uses an image of peter pan that it's like referencing the you know correct yeah, like they're they're not getting his eyes a millimeter too wide or something, and like, huh. oh, Peter Pan wouldn't have said that, you know? Like it's it's actually hilarious, but um, they, it's it's kind of interesting because they have to have this family friendly vibe to their brand, uh, since it you know it's targeted largely at children, although they're expanding that a lot. Um, Deadpool in the MCU, they own lots of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of things. Uh, but like they also have uh decided that they're liberal yes which i guess makes sense if like you're marketing towards kids and younger generations tend to be more left hmm. well, and your business you can do whatever you want um, you know ben Shapiro decided he's going to be an idiot yeah, I guess. And he's free to do that right like I, I think they're just doing it because they think that's where the majority of the their audience is yeah so, like back when their audience would not accept gay people they fired the, their actors that came out oh, as they, disney had some super racist uh cartoons that mm-hmm. they've tried to like <laughs> they've tried to wipe off the internet but uh, you know the internet is an archive for everything for all time yeah you the can still find these the original song for aladdin the opening one was oh, different than right. the current one i thought you were oh, about i to didn't say even song know they the edited south. that uh, yeah i was thinking of song of the south the older stuff but yeah uh that's before my time but yeah. like i'm just anyway i'm just uh, imagine if disney were conservative as a company mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah that, that's a good and this pump. was some like person who was tweeting liberal stuff like i don't know like retweeting black lives matter or whatever and then got canceled over that Mm -hmm. that is a really good intuition pump and i that's some food for thought i guess yeah i I, and i i I think that you know on the whole canceling people is the wrong move i mean i like i said i guess i I spent my spent some time trying to steel man it in my head and it was like like that's kind of where i generated the smaller example but we're like we're a three we're a three person company, right? And if our if twenty five percent of our company, if we had one more person, was doing a bunch of stuff that we disagreed with, we're perfectly within our you know. I think it's much it's a much different conversation, and we also don't don't yet have the listenership of Disney, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not quite that big yet. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, our our, our listeners are in the mere tens of th- tens of millions, not hundreds of millions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think that's about it. I, I. I I thought I had something else. Oh, yeah, this is actually the important part. And this is the thing that, like, is really just a bummer about it. And, like, when you, like, you're not, you're not canceled by the uh, the opponent, the opposing side, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're canceled by your side. Mm-hmm. You're kicked out of your circles. You know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. was I, was I kicked out of theist circles when I was in my, you know, theist arguing stage in high school? No, I was never in those circles, mm-hmm. right? 
So like if they wanted to cancel me, it didn't do anything. Yeah. I just had fun arguing with people. What you get canceled by your friends and the people that you work, you know, that are in your circle and you're kicked out of your circle. Mm. And like that, that's the really insidious thing about it. Like, you know, I, I was talking with people, I don't know, like a year ago about stuff like this, uh, and thought that they were good faith conversations. I was trying to engage well. And it turns out it wasn't any of those things. They were just trying to find any excuse to kick me off because they, a priori, didn't like me. Yeah. Um, so, like, I had thought that this was, like, an inclusive thing and we're, we're, you know, we're working together, but it was never a together effort. This The Gina Corona thing was, was not exactly that, but it's just the, the general point of, like, you're not canceled by the opposition. You're canceled by your friends. I think pe- I think that's easy to not keep in mind. And, like, that's what makes it suck. Like, yeah. if she was actually friends with... Uh, it wasn't Carl Weathers, was it? It was, yeah, it was. Uh, the other guy in Mandalorian. Oh, um, I don't know. The he was the. Well, it sounds like she was pretty decent friends with um, uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember if it was Carl Weathers or if it was um, shoot. Yeah, it was, it was Carl Weathers. He was the guy uh, that like. I assume he was talking as with charismatic as Gina would have a lot of friends in you know in her workplace. Yeah, and now if she has to be friends with them, it's like secret friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if they still follow her on Twitter, they have to use alt accounts, or they'll get you know they'll get, they'll get death threats. Yeah, they can't go to dinner with her now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so like that's the real terrible part. Right. And like so, and as as you mentioned too, like now now her friends are Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what chance of of coming back to the light side of the forest does she have? Yeah. Like, uh, the the future does not bode well for that. So, I don't know. It's, that, that's all a bummer. And that probably took up way more time than I meant for it, too. Right. Okay. Uh, we took a quick break. We are back now. Uh, there was someone else in our recording studio listening as we were talking. And she has a comment right now that I thought would be really interesting to bring to the conversation. This is related to something we talked about much earlier. Uh, Charlie, please take it away. Yeah. Hi. So, um, when uh, Inyash was making that comment about uh, math for babies <laughs> and just basically... Um, being a shithead is like one of the things about uh, rationalists that is really unattractive to someone like me. Um, I am not good at math. I cannot do college level math. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm less intelligent than him. It doesn't mean that I'm less ethical or moral or interested in improving myself or less capable. And every time I hear uh, one of those math elitist rationalists basically stroke themselves uh, <laughs> about how much better they are than people that aren't able to do math like them. It's really discouraging and it's just unattractive as a rationalist. I appreciate that feedback. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I'm glad that good math isn't a requisite for the, uh, for the community. Cause I'm medium. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I never, I don't know any advanced math and it's like a glaring weakness in my, like right, right near like history. Uh, like my, my lack of knowledge in history, my lack of knowledge of decent math is, is glaring. But yeah, I, I took it in jest, yeah, but no, I mean, it's those kind of jokes that right, maybe, exactly. yeah, I, I did mean it as a joke, but like looking back on it, I didn't realize that it was a mean joke because it was a mean joke. And it was like, haha, my out group, they, they don't know how to do math. My in group is totally all about the math. And I mean, to be honest, my math skills have degraded quite a bit since I was in college. I, I am not that great at them anymore either. I've forgotten I a lot them. of the math I learned in school. Yeah. And, and that was, that was it was a bad joke. It, it was like one of those bad tweets that we were just talking about. <laughs> I hope I am not judged for that particular bad joke because you're you're right. There, as as much of a beef as I have with philosophy, saying that philosophy is just a thing for people who are dummies at math is not a fair thing to say at all. 
And you can't really replace all philosophy with sufficiently advanced math, no matter how funny that sounds. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. And well, I'm trying not a, to be a jerk. Math is a language, so I'm sure there is some way you could literally turn all <laughs> philosophy into math. That would be great. But the thing is, I couldn't do the math, so we couldn't communicate. So do you want to help people understand rationality and feel like it's possible to become a rationalist? Or do you want them to just be like, yeah, okay, I never got past algebra, so I guess I'll go do something else with my I think that's one of the important things, like, there's, especially when I was getting into the rationality community, there's definitely a sense of like, oh, these people are all geniuses and I can't compete. And then you realize that's not really like the point of the, the, the community. Like, there are people I know and really like who just stomp the ground with me intellectually. And that's part of the fun. And there's, there's no sense of superiority that they're, that they're exuding, like, on purpose. It's just, uh, I almost want to name names, but I don't want to embarrass them. So I'll leave them out. But, uh, like, it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is that, uh, yeah, there, there, there's not like a requisite, sorry, you must be this tall to ride kind of, uh, entry into the rationality community as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I, I suppose you can be a better rationalist if you can do the math of decision theory in your head or know what decision theory looks like on paper. Um, I don't know either of those things. So, like, I am like, there's, there's probably room for improvement there, but it's not like it's keeping me from doing a podcast. Everyone can yeah. suck it. No, I mean, um, I think the point of the sequences and, uh, whatever other tenets of rationality there are, like, wasn't it, I think it was explicitly laid out that like, you don't have to be a math genius, uh, or like any kind of genius if you can understand these ideas. And I admit, I also, I think Anyash, when we first started communicating every email, it was sort of about that, where I had never gone to a rationalist meetup because I was scared that I wouldn't fit in, uh, where, again, I, I also had the, <laughs> I was going to say misfortune, actually, I want to say, like, I I was very fortunate, actually, to um the, the rationalist group that I first went to, Philly Less Wrong, I was the stupidest person in the room, and it was great. It was, like, really good to get over that fear and realize that I'm not going to be kicked out of this group of people because like, or as long as, you know, I, I, nobody, yeah, like had any kind of superiority complex. And I eventually like got over the fear of like looking stupid and was like, wait, what's that? Or like, you know, what does that mean? Or can you guys slow down and explain that thing? But like, I think those are the best conversations though, where, uh, I mean, definitely like I learned a ton just from osmosis hanging around really smart people and ideally that would be like that would be what people who join this community like could get out of it um i mean like all you know (laughs) maybe there's one guy who can do decision theory in his head and maybe there's like some other person who knows a bunch of languages and some you know like we all have different strengths and weaknesses so like together as a group we're going to be smarter than individual people and i also don't really like the kind of or I don't know. It's 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 weird and complicated. Um, I think the a lot of rationalists kind of are just like this group of like the the nerds who were bullied. Yeah. So there is this sort of resentment of you know we like to make fun of the sports ball, yeah. or like you know other like stereotypes of dumb people, yeah. <laughs> or like you know non intellectuals. Yeah. But yeah, I it, yeah. It, sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh no, I, I, I could ramble say, more. But what, what you said is I I hear that a lot that people are worried they're too dumb to contribute and so just never show up at less wrong meetings despite how awesome it would be to have them there and like honestly i've 
posted almost nothing on Less Wrong ever. I think maybe like two comments and one post because I also don't feel like I'm smart enough to contribute there. But I managed to, you know, get together a little community here in Denver where I feel we all more or less fit in. But I don't want to perpetuate that feeling that you have to be at less at least you know this good at math to join and um we we i think everyone could um benefit from having more rationality in their lives no matter you know if they know the math or not and quite frankly the entire world would benefit from everyone being a bit more rational which is why we're trying to quote raise the sanity waterline and you know by saying that thing that i said i i was obviously trying getting keeping a lot of people away and it's good for me to be reminded of that every now and then, that I can be the jerk too, and uh, I gotta watch that. So At least you weren't being an actual elitist jerk, it was just a joke and you know that is very easy to put in the bucket of like, oh great, yeah, I guess I don't belong, right? So well, That's that's being an elitist jerk, though. Well, no, being an elitist jerk would be meaning it. Yeah, but... <laughs> I, I, I'll, give, I'll give you a pass on saying bad joke is not the same thing as elitist jerk. Right. But no, I think that's an important distinction to make, and I'm glad that, that you brought it up. I was pointing at Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. Um, I will say, make this as my final statement. Um, I am a lot more rational now than I was two years ago before I found the community, but I am no better at math, folks. Did not happen. Nope. I don't so. think there's math lessons. No, but, there um... There isn't, but there's a lot of math. There's a lot yeah. of math formulae that's, um, used to explain rationalist concepts, and I can't follow. Mm, my yeah. eyes glaze over. Like, I mean, I think... That fortunately, it's not taught in math books. Like, like you know, some of the posts have math in them, and where there, I'm trying to think of any. Maybe there's a couple that are super math heavy. Oh wait, but like the quantum sequences. Yeah, there's definitely these sequences that. I mean, uh, Eliezer is an AI researcher, but he was a mathematician, right? Yeah. So like, it makes sense that that was the language he would communicate in. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, I remember finding Scott Alexander's posts to be more. I don't know, like, uh, Scott would explain the same concepts sometimes in ways that, like, made more sense to me because he was coming at things generally from, like, a psychology or a pharmacology perspective, which is just, like, more, you know, my my interests and my strengths. And he has said specifically that he is bad at math, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, So he says. (laughs) (laughs) Are you calling him a liar? That's because he's friends with Eliezer Yudkowsky, who's a math savant, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm friends with Usain Bolt and I'm really slow, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's A, valuable to have it have different, have some of the same techniques taught in different ways. That's just good, good way to learn. And it's also indicative of the fact that you don't have to excel in exactly the same domains to have the same skills, right? So yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for helping us be better people. Aw, shucks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing up a good topic too. Um I do think that, well, I don't know, maybe we should get back to feedback, but like another time it might be interesting to talk about how ration, like whether, I guess, we think rationality has a branding problem. I can add that to our topics list. Yeah, we've had on the backlog for a long time, like a craft and community episode and still looking to find the best way to put that together. So, um, yeah. I also appreciate you guys indulging me for way longer than I meant to talk about Gina. (laughs) I felt like the digressions were valuable and interesting, but... Well, that was a good topic too. I mean, because it was the kind of the subject of the ethics of businesses. More feedback? Sure. Do we want to touch briefly on how to eat nature balls? 
Sure. Okay. So this goes back to an episode where I mentioned that sometimes when I'm out hiking or whatever, see little berries, put them in my mouth, taste them, try them out, see how it is. We call those berries nature balls because they're usually small little spherical things and they're found in nature. Uh, anyways, there is a... Oh man, I didn't write down the user that suggested this again because I'm a jerk and I don't know how to copy and paste. But one of our uh, listeners... Uh, gave to us the universal the universal edibility test, which is a thing that actually exists. It's considered a basic survival skill by the various societies that do survival things. I don't know, uh, but yeah, there's a whole uh, a list of 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 ways to find just about anything and slowly find out if it's edible uh, without killing yourself. And it actually takes several weeks because, uh, like, the first step is to just rub it some of it on your skin. And then wait for uh, a number of hours, eight hours, to see if there's a reaction. Then after that, you rub it on your lip, because that's a more sensitive part of skin. And again, wait several hours. Then you just taste a little bit and spit it out, and wait a while. And then you chew, and then spit it out and rinse with water and wait a while. And only after that do you swallow just a tiny little bit, and then see if you get sick. And eventually you can get to the point of, oh, okay, I guess this won't poison me. But it takes days, at least. I like it. And last we time was cooking. Yeah. Because some things, yeah, it's safe until you cook them. Yeah. Or vice versa. Uh, there, yeah, I'm glad that, I, like, somebody posted a serious... I, I, I'm always glad when people post serious answers to, like, our goofy jokes. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm always interested in just learning new things. But, like, in particular, something that I had always wondered about. So, like, with some of the weird shit that we eat as humans, I'm just like... Or even, you know, like, uh, I think, actually, this was maybe a Scott Alexandria post, but drug is it um ayahuasca Mm, yeah where you have to like uh, in a rainforest i guess with like god knows how many different species of plants somebody figured out that it's like you need this part of this plant and then like this completely other plant and there's a really complicated chemical reason why and it's like i was just wondering like how how do we figure out what's edible versus not like where ancient people just walking around tasting everything and like <laughs> falling over dead all the time, like, foaming at the mouth. Like, <laughs> we had a lot I of guess free that time. Yeah. A lot well, of free there's people. an actual algorithm that makes it pretty safe, apparently. Oh, well, yeah. I guess I, you know, the more things you add to this step, this eight steps, the like the the, the time involvement grows exponentially, right? Mm hmm. So, yeah. I mean, maybe eating this red berry passes all the tests, but you mix it with this blueberry, and on step eight, when you cook them together, you make the perfect cocktail of murder, right? Yeah. Um, I, I also just like, I look, you look at like a sea urchin or a crab, and like the first person to eat one of those must have been really hungry. Right? <laughs> or maybe they watch something else. It looks so unappetizing. One. Yeah. I don't think crabs look bad. Maybe it's just because I've eaten so many crabs. No, crabs like my, is my favorite food. Yeah. I, they look I, like a giant bug, though. They look like a giant, horrible and some people eat spider bugs. bug with pincers. I don't think they look like a bug, because they have the, well, okay, I guess bugs do have an exoskeleton <laughs> to me they just look different than a bug they're basically a big aquatic bug they, they, well i know they are but they look like a weird sea creature and not a bug bugs yeah, are valid bugs are grimy and disgusting and spread disease and i don't get the same feeling about uh, crabs that's that's the main thing i hate bugs, about bugs bugs are a great source of nutrition and honestly if we as a species could be more on board with it we could solve so many of our problems with agriculture and farming and feeding the world speaking of of eating ethical milk does uh do crabs feel pain Probably. i'm asking for a friend they i mean i'm sure nerves. they have to yeah sure they have pain receptors otherwise they wouldn't survive well i mean like a lot of things i think might like, not they, they, have just, a... they, they just you know they lose a limb and they don't care right i, I guess no, the question care. is like do they have a enough of a consciousness 
a brain to to make that matter like obviously they're gonna be able to feel that a limb is missing and that neural feedback can't be pleasant I desperately want to justify my belief that eating crabs is okay. Oh, I think it's okay. Oh, good. <laughs> then I think there's I'm definitely done in, a done spectrum of okayness <laughs> where they're like pretty. I'm. I'm in, like. Uh, what's the thing? Some vegans eat oysters, I think, or or mussels. They don't even have a neural network, though, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're like basically. It's sort of bivalves. Yeah. Basically, a plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in the ethical ways that matter, not by biology, but yeah, yeah. Right on. But right, we, equals we're privileging vegetables. intelligence, though. I mean, yes, we are. <laughs> we, right. we just had Scott Alexander post about privileging intelligence, didn't we? There's another great piece of feedback here from Zila. <laughs> Hearing Enosh say that Kellogg mutilated his dick made me very confused until I realized he's talking about circumcision. I was like, do their products have dick mutilator slots? Did you try to fuck cereal? <laughs> <laughs> And Correction, that was Steven that said that, not Eniash. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a funny joke. I wish I had made it. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That was literally you that said Kellogg's mutilated my dick. Well, yeah. good, because whoever said that has a great sense of humor. Um, yeah, go to, go to Kellogg's Wikipedia page. There's a whole section on how he championed circumcision like it was, you know, the most important thing he could do with his life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird. It's very weird. I think the, I, I the probably obsession made the, some people have. Yeah, I probably remarked in the same episode that just caring that much about other people's dicks seems like you've got some strange priorities. That's like the weird thing. I don't know when we were talking about transphobia too, where and uh, people who are like other kin, or like I'm like, why, why, why is this the hill that you're gonna die on? Right. Yeah. I was really baffled by that, but like actually, you know, going back to J.K. Rowling again. But I was reading some of the dumb shit that she actually said and wrote, and like I was just like, why do you care? <laughs> yeah that, and that that's my main thing with rolling is you know if she's some random random internet or like you know fine go nuts say all the stuff you want and maybe you know maybe you're trying to get clarification great in the in ideal world that's why someone goes to the internet to try and learn right <laughs> that's not why anyone goes to twitter but sure um well she cares because she's scared and she's scared because she's been told things that aren't true and you know then Again, the, then the response is to educator, but it's also one of those things. Uh, scared of what? Scared of people being different? No, scared of men. Yeah, uh, uh, there's yeah the whole turf thing, where apparently nobody's really transgender. It's just men dressing in women's clothes to go in women's bathrooms and harass them. Well, there's there's certainly the the branch that thinks that, and they're bad too. And so like, well, that, that's the turf thing though right yeah well i mean there's Trans also exclusive radical feminist yes yes there, there's the less less horrible but still wrong um version is that uh once we don't have uh a norm against letting people that look masculine walk into whatever bathroom then there won't be a safe space for women to flee to which has issues of its own to say the least it's got plenty of issues. Yeah. Also, trans men don't exist, I guess. <laughs> or, or am I trying to harass men? How dare you? Maybe I'm actually taking hormones and considering surgeries and <laughs> so you can sneak into their bathrooms so, yeah. and see their dicks while they're peeing. Ah, I figured out. If I if I had and I haven't looked into the rolling stuff too too seriously, I'm guessing the steel man is something like, you know, right now if I were to follow. Uh, if I were to follow my wife into the restroom at a restaurant, yeah, people I, would pe- people stand would, up and kick you out. They they would raise eyebrows and be like, "What are you doing? Why are you following her? Hey, is he is he following you? Are you okay?" Yeah, is kind of the response that would happen. Yeah, I feel and like I'm, people actually would just ignore it, but maybe that's just Denver. Uh, it depends on the place. I mean, I'm not I'm not prepared to conduct the experiment myself, lest I get arrested. It's but... actually uh, illegal or against certain. I don't know. 
I mean, used to be the case, from what I've been told, that in Milk, they didn't really have gender-assigned bathrooms. People just went and... Well, yeah, I was going to say, whatever. I think that, that it's actually illegal to have, like, gen- specific gendered bathrooms in Denver if you have single, st- like, single rooms. If you have stalls, you can still put a... Yeah, well, they do have stalls sign, in, but... in there, but, like, people just didn't really care that much. Most of them, anyway. Well, most people, yeah, like, I don't know. I, and then the normies started coming to Milk, and then there was issues. Oh, wait, Milk, you mean the... I, I... Yeah, the bar here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't know. I... We because Stephen was talking product. about the yeah. dairy product. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I knew what you're talking That's about, weird, but, but... <laughs> but yeah, they're both called milk, and one makes sense to call milk, and I have no idea why the bar is called milk. Oh, based on Definitely, the um, milk bar. Oh. One time I was in milk, it. and I was using the bathroom, and there were three people in the stall next to me definitely getting up to some stuff, <laughs> and they did actually have to have a security person come in there like, all right, okay, come on get a room <laughs> come on guys people like, gotta pee yeah well that was the thing there was a long line yeah, it's just like yeah. I, I almost feel like nobody would have cared if it hadn't right. been like if like, you weren't <laughs> using a stall we'd be okay with it and it was like two two girls and a guy and like i just i, I remember just like, like watching them walk area. in and laughing yeah. <laughs> it's like oh that's that's nice we should turn Hi, that little secluded closet area into the fuck room or something i don't know <laughs> well i think that would technically be illegal in denver it, yeah i think that that would be unsanitary Oh, well, maybe that too. People tend to not care as much when they're on drugs. <laughs> yeah. But, the, yeah. Anyway, um, feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, We're such a good podcast. Do the math regarding uh, the sexual revolution. Oh. Uh, uh, do the math says the podcast um, Martyr Maid, apparently Martyr Maid is the name of the podcast, was critical of the sexual revolution when it was discussed. The problem was that instead of being about free love, the slogan free love was instead used to pressure people who would otherwise not want to have sex to have sex with you and your friends. If you were a girl and someone asked you to have sex with you and you refused, they would accuse you of being anti-sex and withholding your love from them. So, yeah, I wasn't Sounds around. Like the cotton ceiling again. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't around in the 60s when, you know, free love was a thing and that's why I have this idealized image of the hippies, but yeah, it sounds like you can even use something as innocuous as free love to be horrible and pressure people into having sex they don't want like we we're talking about earlier like free love sounds all nice and friendly until like you read under you know the the amp, you know it's got a little empress or star next to it what do you asterisk that, asterisk thank you and the, 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 the fine the fine print says well ampersand is the fancy and letter yeah, i was just saying yeah. the word asterisk asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> it's fun to spell um anyway uh the fine print says doesn't really mean free in the usual sense it means people who whoever wants to have sex with people gets to have sex with that person oh and, and i'm not sure if that's exactly what martyr maid is saying but that's yeah. if you if you squint you can almost imagine that that's what it means oh free free for me you know yeah, yeah. and of course you could have sex too it's just because i want it yeah that, that, that's if that if that's the insidious uh version of it then i can see how that would be like again swinging too far on mm-hmm. the on the pendulum of of what's cool right yeah and when you think of like everything is like a reaction to the thing before it you know, you you quick you you can sometimes very quickly pass the 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 reasonable norm you're heading for and swing full on into insanity to where you have to have sex with people you don't have sex with. So, yeah. or I think the, insert whatever else. Yeah, the world was too. No pun intended. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I my dad grew up in the '60s and like I remember he would talk really fondly about uh, just being able to hitch a ride anywhere. Hmm. Or just being like like people being open to talking to each other or like helping each other out where they're like now my dad uh being a white male who is I guess middle class at the time 
probably more privileged than some of the other people who did get the shit under the stick of that. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, nice things didn't exist. It's just that some people had to ruin them for everybody. It's, it's always the, like, one person that has to ruin nice things. Mm-hmm. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why. Uh, think, thanks do the math. <laughs> you know, apparently I've been lurking on the discord enough to see most of these things come up as they did i just don't reply to stuff usually i just yeah, skim it i lurk but dan z said a quick point i've seen brought up but i'm unsure how true it may be proud boys being designated as a terror group allows intelligence sharing among five i the five eyes that our domestic law enforcement can't do uh due to the constitutional restrictions of monitoring citizens so i think what uh, i'll just read the rest of the thing before i guess what it was <laughs> so our law enforcement can get a better info from canadian intelligence infiltrating our supposed domestic terror groups then our law enforcement has the rights to get by themselves. Hopefully I phrased that in an understandable way, but that way it could be the real reason Canada designated the Proud Boys as a terror group. The USA wouldn't really see much of a benefit in doing such a thing. Because we monitor everybody now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. I, I, I think you phrased it clearly. And so I, if there's a special status of this is a terror group, now we, we have special privileges due to the Patriot Act or whatever to, to pry, yeah. um, then, it, then there's definitely benefits. And I, I could even see definitely benefits of, of designating the Proud Boys as terrorists. I also, Even if I don't give them the same street cred as Al-Qaeda. Also, um, isn't that, like, totally fucked up, though? Like, I mean, couldn't the government yes, just that's obviously declare a, anyone a terrorist group because they want to monitor them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, rationalists could be a terrorist group if they think that we're spreading, whatever, transphobia, and, and they want to monitor us. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you all from all the way at the bottom of that slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's not necessarily slippery. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I, I'm saying you should have a good reason for calling someone a terrorist group rather than we want to see what they're saying in their emails. Right. I totally agree. And I don't know what when this happened or what the justifications were. Yeah. But assuming it passes some important process, it does make sense to where, like, hey, you know what? These people have been up to enough, this, these people have been up to enough shit lately. We should take a look. And these things should have uh, expiration dates on them. And unless you can justify renewing the expiration date on keeping them on this list. <laughs> My terrorist license expired. I need to renew it. Right. I mean, I think they can just get a warrant. They go to a judge for, for a warrant and, and spy on them. But they would have to actually prove that there's some reason to spy on the a people. A warrant for searches. But yeah. You will need a warrant for you uh, of wiretapping, for reading emails, for any mm -hmm. sort of that kind of, that's considered search. I'm not sure what the okay. rules are, but if the emails cross state lines or if it's a Discord server that goes, you know, transnational or, you know, transatlantic, mm -hmm. you know, do you need a, you can't, I don't know if, you know, the LAPD can ask, you know, Scotland Yard is the only British uh, police agency I'm aware of from Sherlock, mm -hmm. if they can ask them for a <laughs> warrant, you know, to monitor this Discord channel, right? Well, I mean, that's but, the thing. You can, there are legal ways you can monitor people by asking for a warrant, but that means you have some constitution protections. You have to prove that this person is worth spying on. But, but I'm Or just, you can do an end run around that by saying, oh, they're a terror group and now you can do whatever without a warrant. Would it be even possible to get a warrant to whatever track? I, I remember like at some point, some terrorists were using a PlayStation chat. Okay to to talk yeah. would it be possible to get a warrant because you, you can't just ask playstation i'm assuming and because it's because because it's a global network mm -hmm. right like I mean, is are you saying is it possible to find that information at all would it be possible to get enough judges on a list to where they could all sign off on it you only need one judge i believe no no i can't I, i'm sure there's some rules to where like the lapd judge can't let me spy on a on a european citizen in europe well if the data is in la you ask the la judge if the data is in Europe, you'd have to ask a European judge. Where's the data live on a uh, on a Discord server? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know space. So like, <laughs> there's there's a server somewhere physically located in the world. You you 
problem. It, it, is it physical? Is it the location of the physical server? Because then, like, you know, AWS hosts half the internet. Their I servers mean, are, are around the globe. It, it may be um, where the company is uh, headquartered. Like, a lot of companies are, have their headquarters in Vermont due to Vermont tax laws. It could be you go to a Vermont judge and say, you know, your company is registered in Vermont. We want this information that your company has access to. Give it to us. This sounds like probably why they designated the mirrors, because this sounds like a pain in the ass. Well, sure, it's a pain in the ass, it. but it's supposed to be a pain in the ass to spy on your own citizens. Yeah. I can see I can see both sides. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I do want it to be not basically impossible to spy on somebody who you have very good reason to think is actually dangerous. Right. Like, I think but Proud Boys are probably someone to keep an eye on, but there's a way to do that. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Patriot Act, and it should be gotten rid of. And I guess technically it is, but they still do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Was that, was that our last feedback? I believe that was it, yes. I, I have one quick question, then. Sure. You have more exposure to David than, than I do. Is is what's happening in Texas right now, like, a libertarian wet dream? Like, yes, this is how it should be, because there's no regulation, so this is how, this is what you would expect? Or is or is this a bad example, because real examples don't exist, because they're impossible? I mean, we'll have to ask David, and I guess I will ask him next week. Uh, I don't think it's a libertarian wet dream, though. I don't think so either, but it's okay. like, hey, we have no regulation. I own the monopoly. I get to auto-draft from your checking account that you pay your electric bill with oh, yeah. at 10x your rate uh, because I decided that there's a surge. Like well, that, I mean, that all sounds like all the great things you get when there's no regulation. You sign the piece of paper because no one else wires electricity to your house. I don't think you have to decide there's a surge when suddenly a third of your capacity goes down. That's That's definitely a restriction of supply. Sure, but then I guess I wonder is that in fine print or like if you're just fucked because say you live in texas and let's just hypothetically hypotheticalize texas to where they you know there is there's no public infrastructure quote unquote mm-hmm. and so the only people piping electricity to your house get to do literally whatever they want is that that kind of sounds like the point i guess my, my to steal man it would be like and i'm not like i it's i don't think it's necessarily libertarianism versus capitalism whatever mm-hmm. but like i think the, the thing would be well no of course there'd be competing markets, yeah, right? But in the event that there's not, like only Comcast delivers internet to my townhome complex, yeah. which means I get I get about a third of the internet that I pay for and I have no other options, right? Yeah. So like, I, I don't really, yeah, and the, this is a whole other thing. I don't, underst- I don't understand libertarianism. Okay. I, well, let me, let me correct that. I understand what it's supposed to be. I don't understand how it could ever, what it ever is supposed to actually be. Okay. If it's this anarcho-capitalism bullshit, then I want someone to convince me that it's not bullshit. I can. I think David's give... the person to do that. He's right? absolutely the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can give a guess as to what his answer is likely to be. It... Yeah. I, okay, I would guess it's something along the lines of um, if that this is not a truly deregulated market, and there were constraints put on um, put on the system by government that have made things worse, and in a more free market, there would be possibly more people providing this service or something um that would be my guess i don't know fair enough also you know you it's texas you generally don't need to winterize things in texas because it doesn't freeze there more than once a decade or something and are people willing to pay all the extra money they would have to pay for their energy to winterize all their infrastructure or is this just something they'd have to bite the bullet and accept once a decade if uh if they don't want to pay slightly higher prices does freeze there like there were cold shelters for people that were freezing to death like uh-huh. uh-huh. ted cruz's flying to cancun has been widely made fun of i think appropriately yeah. um Man. you know crossing the border to flee bad conditions you know who would who would ever do that um which we're I... not sending our best uh, <laughs> uh, none of these nice jokes joke. are mine <laughs> 
I wish I was that funny. I think most jokes are recycled or stolen, but uh. So yeah, I don't know. We'll bring it up on the next Mind Killer, which is the other podcast I'm on, where we yeah. talk about a lot more news and you know culture war mind killy stuff that we usually avoid on this podcast. Not avoid, but we don't touch on it nearly as much. <laughs> we try, it's we try our best. We just don't focus on politics, really. Yeah, yeah. So we have other interests as well. Exactly. All right. Well, we are. I think we're wrapping up here, but we're not quite done yet. We have a patron to thank. This time we're thanking Marie, maybe. <laughs> or is it maybe Marie? Or maybe it's Marie. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Now I'm confused as to what the actual name is. No, that's the name. It's the name is maybe Marie. Marie maybe. Marie maybe. That's okay. How it's, okay. That's how it's written. Cool. Sorry, I was trying I'm to make a joke. Guessing that's not the real name, but it would be cool if it was. But uh, thank you, Marie. Yay! Thank you. You're thank maybe. you very much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and reminder to all of our patrons. I know our, when this is something that's been on the backlog that will never get done. Of like, give actual like reward tiers that you know people might enjoy. So what I just do is I message everybody that if I missed messaging you directly, that's on me. Just ping the, you know, message me on message us on Patreon and we'll get back to you. Anything we can do for you, let us know. Um, within reason, we'll we'll do whatever we can. Because I know like we don't we don't put up that much additional content. You do get access to like some of the pre episode chatter stuff. Um, I don't remember. The last time we did a Patreon exclusive episode, it's been if if ever it's been a long time. It's been a while. Um, I don't know if we ever did one. So I think we must have done at least one. So in lieu of us having actual like bonus <laughs> stuff we put out, just let us know what we can do for you. Yeah, and uh, we're we're happy to try and accommodate. So and thank you to everyone that listens and everyone who you know gives us money. It really does mean a lot. It keeps the show going. And thank you, Marie, specifically today for doing this because you keep us going, man. Maybe or ma'am or. <laughs> non damn it I <laughs> cut all that shit out <laughs> leave it fine it's marie funny. thank you you've 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 helped bring the show to everybody and we're all grateful for it y'all rock appreciate it yeah yep all right that's it that's it that's all we got okay <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs>